0: Okay, what is Carpal Tunnel? Wow, I'm not going to... Never mind. I'm not going to start there. This is the last episode. We're not going to go there. I'll just Google (laughs) it later.
1: No, I'm I'm surprised you haven't had it yet if you work a desk job. I'm surprised Uh, that you stopped
2: yourself for the first time in the history of this podcast.
1: California.
0: Keeping Up With The Coens, an OC rewatch podcast.
2: Hello and welcome back to the OC one more time. (laughs) This is, of course, Keeping Up With The Coens, the series finale. My name is Ryan Drake, coming to you all the way from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And one more time, I'm joined... As always, which I'm kind of shocked the fact that all three of us did all these episodes. (laughs) I thought for sure at some point one person would have to be gone. But no, it never happened. Uh, I'm joined, as always, one more time by the heiress of Tulsa, the Helium Queen. (laughs) She is pregnant. She is constipated. She is the owner of this podcast. She's the best...
0: It's Chelsea Trinidad.
1: Hi guys, and guess what? I'm not just the heiress of Tulsa anymore. Also OKC. Man, shout out.
0: Your kingdom is spreading. Yeah. I know.
1: I've expanded. Um, speaking of expanding, my stomach is like—I <laughs> swear to God, it's—it's it's like you know when you air up your tires or on your a bike? balloon.
2: Well, or that's balloons. the best segue you've ever yeah. had in this podcast history, and the way you saved it for the last episode.
1: Oh my God, no! I feel I. Ugh, this pregnancy has been rough. Like I literally feel like i i have been hooked up to a bike pump and i get pumped up a little bit every single night it's really uncomfortable (laughs) they don't tell you any of this because fuck the patriarchy but you knew about all these symptoms you know
2: boy am i gonna miss this (laughs) (laughs) also joining us all the way from down the street from my house one more time yes it's daddy dylan hello dylan
0: Hello, son. Um, it's great to be here. I want you all to know that I have been saving a very special beverage for the recording of this episode, and this is a Coke from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that someone brought me when they went, because I haven't been there yet. So I'm drinking this special round Coca-Cola. It's a like
2: Cantina Coke.
0: Yeah, it's Cantina Coke. It's uh, It was canned by Salacious B. Crumb, and I'm really excited to drink it and to talk about these episodes. It's going to be great.
2: So Dylan, you've never seen these episodes. You've never seen the end of the OC before, right? It was kind I think it's wild. But yeah, this is your first experience with the ending of the OC.
0: Dude, I was getting emotional when I was watching these episodes. Um, yeah? Aww. They were very good. Very good episodes. And you know, I feel like kind of our brand is to be somewhat snide at times about this show. But it's going to be very difficult for me to do that because... Especially like the last ten minutes of the last episode was just so perfect. It was so wonderful. And I, I think to talk about
2: that it. you are viewing this through first timer eyes because I feel differently, and I can't wait to keep keep the brand strong in this episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm excited to discuss because as I was watching it, I was like, they definitely stuck the landing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a lost situation where you were like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> um, interesting. Okay. The ending of the OC was fine. The things that led up to the ending in these final two episodes were so some of the weakest stuff I think I've seen in season four. To be honest,
0: I agree with that. I'm I'm specifically referring to the last like ten yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. So
1: like the uh, the flash forward,
0: basically. Yeah. Yes um speaking Mm -hmm.
1: of lost
2: (laughs) tune in next week when we cover lost no um
1: well every episode in one podcast
0: lost and found
1: i i thought that the um it you know the this these two episodes the first one was really really good but i do agree that the second half of the finale is
2: a little bit weak well let's quit talking about it and let's talk about it shall we
1: (laughs) ah great idea for
2: The last time ever. Well, actually, no. I guess when we do the second episode, (laughs) the last time ever. You're gonna hear the uh, the victory horn, which we, which I feel like has been in. We started that like in episode two, right? That Chelsea just did on her own,
0: and I decided to put in every episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think so. it's,
0: It's always reminded me of whenever you have a book on tape, and it makes like the sound to tell you to turn the page when you're a kid. I've always really liked it. As, as a child of the 90s. Did I
2: tell you what that sound is? That like I what? heard it in my head and I knew what it had to be. I think what? I have told you this before. I had to go fi- cuz it's from a very it's from a specific TV show. I'll tell you in a second. But in order to get this sound, Ooh. as soon as I heard Chelsea make it, it was in my head. I was like that has to be the sound. I had to go dig up and find online in an old episode of his TV show that was not easy to find and like capture the audio of this specific thing. It's the noise that they would make on Nickelodeon's Figure It Out when a clue would flip oh, over oh, on oh, the board. That's it! That's it! Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's great. Now,
1: when you, when you say one of these words right here, you're gonna hear this sound. And we'll turn it over. That's pretty easy, right? Okay, here's how it works. Three rounds. Yeah, I watched it every single day after school. Now we know exactly why I we, had that in my head.
0: We didn't appreciate Ryan enough. You're I right. I feel like mm. <laughs> I in agree this with podcast and his editing. What you all don't know is Ryan edits eight hours of content every week. And, uh, For makes every
1: it, single episode.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's basically <laughs> like no. One well, those you don't know is it,
2: ta- is it every episode we record takes me four to five hours longer than it takes them to do everything. <laughs> yeah. And I could not be more thrilled. I feel like you guys are sad about this ending, and I could not be more excited to be done with it.
1: <laughs> I mean, Ryan carried this show. Like, but even before we got into it, like Ryan does stand up. Ryan is a professional host. Like, me and Dylan are like goofy weirdos we were like, just obnoxious just kids
0: glom, who like did college glom. leadership stuff
2: well let's not forget that
0: dylan forced
2: dylan forced his way into the show it was really i think it was originally <laughs> just gonna be me and chelsea which would have been weird i think now in hindsight <laughs>
1: if it were just us two like i feel like we would have covered half the season per episode so it would have been like a 12 episode stretch
0: would have been a mini series. Like,
1: yeah it would have and we would have done the there were just
0: us like i would have rage quit
2: probably in season one
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love you too uh
2: anyway we'll have plenty of time for reminiscing at the end of this uh let's get into episode number 15 sweet of season four it's called the night moves the night moves feature sandy Cohen on screen for seven minutes and 19 seconds dylan Bob Seger me.
0: So the night originally moved uh, on February 15th, 2007, and 3.65 million people were so moved. Uh, Stephanie Savage is the reason for said movement, and this episode was a doozy.
1: I loved it, honestly. I think it was one of the strongest episodes um, that uh, the O.C. has ever had. I mean, everyone was a good disaster. Wow. Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I really, really liked it. I think it's definitely top
2: eight highway top eight. That was interesting. That, so it's in your, your MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Well,
1: okay. Well, I just, the disaster episode is such a trope. Like, Grey's does at least one a season. Um, Desperate Housewives, you know, they had, like, a shooting at the grocery store, and then they had mm-hmm. a plane crash, and they had a tornado. Um, But you don't get a lot of disaster content that is uh, earthquakes.
2: I'm trying to think of, like, another earthquake TV show, or TV episode that. Um, I can't, but I also feel like part of the reason I didn't like this episode as much is because of the earthquake aspect in the sense that, like, it was so unrealistic, I guess. Like, I couldn't suspend my disbelief long enough to think that, like, this is literally an outdoor mall. How are they trapped in an outdoor mall? Like, how did an earthquake... Like, why can't they drive down the streets? Like, why is traffic so crazy? Like, it's, it's, it's an earthquake. It's not, like, alien invasion. You know what I mean?
1: I think the situation is that uh, it's kind of like, I, I mean, all of us, since being from Oklahoma, we understand tornado protocol so much better. And the deal is, if there's a lot of structural damage and stuff, you just, you just don't want to be driving around. Um, you know, potentially blocking emergency vehicles or accidentally driving over a downed power line or something like that. So generally they want you to stay put. Um, so that's kind of what's going on at the mall. And also they were anticipating an aftershock, which I guess is a thing when um, big earthquakes happen. We get medium earthquakes in Oklahoma. Like the only casualty keys are like um maybe framed photographs <laughs> but no actual uh RIP. damage
0: <laughs> r.i.p to my photos
1: um so but we we there was a period in oklahoma where we got them very frequently um but obviously it's not a you know we're not worried about the big one the way that california is um i mean i think that i think that what made this storyline 100 percent was ryan and seth Obviously, Julie and Caitlin's storyline and Rachel and Taylor's were kind of silly, just fluffy. But I thought Ryan's and Seth was super duper satisfying and was what we wanted to see to wrap up the series. And then I think we can all appreciate Sandy getting to be a hero one more time.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. No, I... Sorry, go ahead, Dylan. No, I was just going to say, I. uh, you know, a a doozy doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, And this was a good doozy. Of an episode, and I I sent you guys this in the text group, but I was convinced for the first ten minutes that Ryan was not lying, which would be the ultimate con, and that Frank actually was dead, um, in the episode. And oh, me, that was, me, me yeah. Ryan. Yeah, yeah thought, you I Ryan. I was
2: like, did I miss the scene where Ryan thought his uh-huh. dad died? Okay.
0: Yeah, but um, but no, it was it was interesting, and one thing that I thought was really interesting about this episode was I I feel like they went directly from previously on the OC directly into the cold open. Which is something that I don't think we've seen before, and then the use in this episode of kind of those weird silent flashes, like flash forwards, really kind of added something very interesting to the episode. It kind of gave it tension, but it also gave it kind of that that resolve at the end when it was flashing to happy stuff. Um, but uh, the one thing that I couldn't stop thinking about for this entire episode was how much of a help Marissa would be because it was happening in her home and she would have been able to help find people in different areas outside just because she's so familiar with the territory um but uh but no i missed her
1: so ryan what what did you like and what did you not like about this episode you think
2: um i feel my biggest gripe my two biggest gripes or what i said earlier about the actual like they're in an outdoor mall like if like we have a huge outlet mall in oklahoma city and i feel like i'm I feel like people in California could be like, well, you just don't know what you're talking about. Earthquakes could be just like this. I don't know. I feel like if I was at that outlet mall and a big earthquake hit, I would be able to walk out of that outlet mall that's outdoors and get into my car and drive to my house just fine. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just didn't like that. And there's a lot of stuff with Seth and Ryan that I did not like. And I think it's, interesting that you said that was like your favorite part of the episode but i'll save it for the actual discussion if you want to get into it
1: yeah and i guess um yeah let's go ahead and get started and then we can kind of further break down why people were stuck at the mall um but uh i so i guess we'll start with ryan and seth because that was i would say the biggest storyline of what happened um i just thought it was a really neat change up that ryan was the one who needed rescuing So the episode starts with you know Ryan and um, Taylor and he finally said I love you and then you know the entire city gets hit with an earthquake. It's a sign, Ryan. I know. Was that Marissa like coming
0: up (laughs) from the grave? (laughs) Mother Earth has
2: returned. (laughs) That's a great. That's a great theory. I love this episode. If we learn that that was actually like the the wrath of Marissa Cooper.
0: No, and that's also why Summer (laughs) is so obsessed with helping the planet. Because Marissa is is like now the essence of planet Earth. Oh my! I'm writing. I'm writing the fan fiction.
1: <laughs> um. So. Uh, so. Anyways, there. There. He. He. Um. Plays it down with Taylor because Taylor's obviously a very high anxiety person. And before she even knows that he is injured, you know, she's saying things like, "Oh, I can't see blood. It'll make me faint." So he's kind of like, "Okay," and plays it off. Tech Seth needs help. That is the weird thing, because they're just like, oh, my God, how are we going to communicate with people? But then suddenly, like, Seth and Ryan and Sandy are all able to kind of connect and give each other instructions. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Seth and Summer are at her house. Are Where, where are, they? are they? They're at her house, right? I, or are they on the boardwalk?
2: They were way? in the street. Yeah, They were in the Seth- street when oh. Ryan's car got, they were driving Ryan's that's car, right. Ryan's car got destroyed by okay. the lights.
1: Yeah, that pull, I mean, that could have been bad if they didn't have the force to get out of the car, because that smashed into their car. Yeah,
0: that's a, yeah, that that's a one hit kill right there.
1: So it, you know, there's kind of a bit where Seth is riding his bike and Summer is riding on it, which looks really difficult to me.
2: He had front pegs on the bike, which makes it a little easier, but that is hard to wheel someone on your, on your handlebars like that. It's way easier to do if they're back pegs. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about, like, I remember Marissa riding on the bicycle and that whole thing. she
2: blindfolded Ryan on the pier?
1: (laughs) On the busy pier. (laughs) So safe. They were like, oh, we're hiding Ryan out, but we're going to hang out on the pier and do dangerous things. (laughs) Teenagers. Wonderful. I miss season one. Um, So so the four of them come together at Summer's house, and uh, Ryan... Oh, you know what else is interesting? <laughs> Ryan told Taylor that he loves her in Marissa's old bedroom.
2: Oh. I didn't even think about that, Chelsea. That's incredible. This it's is lending good. a lot of credence to the theory that the wrath of Marissa Cooper is what
0: caused this earthquake. That's She's
2: really funny, She's a poltergeist haunting
0: the entire planet. That's really funny.
1: Um, <laughs> So they kind of make up a bullshit excuse, like, oh, we have to go, blah, 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 blah. And um, I, I am glad that they acknowledge that You know, they they were leaving to do something special just because I would be a little bit cheap or easy if they were like, oh, okay, they just stepped at face value. But, you know, Summer's like, they're up to something, but we're going to move on because she gets distracted by pancakes. So I kind of loved the bit. I mean, it was super meta, but he starts, you know, they start talking about, they're in the car, they hit something, there's a uh, flat tire. Obviously, it's a really stressful situation, and Ryan is in poor health. You know, he's injured at the moment. So, Seth says, oh, I start making lists and thinking about things. And then that was a really great moment for them to do some callbacks. Oh, So, I yeah. wanted to ask you guys t- to answer some of the callback questions.
2: Before you go to these questions about what they were talking about on uh, in the car, the callbacks, I, just, I feel like you've left out the part where Ryan was literally bleeding out his back, covered in blood. And they showed... This big shard of glass stuck in his back.
1: It's a bad injury. Th- and I will say, I I appreciate that just because so often in the OC, we don't really get anything consequential happen. Um, it You know, whatever the consequences, it's resolved. The next, like, you know, is Trey going to die? No, he's fine. He woke up out of his coma and he rode away on a bus. <laughs> so, you know, th- that Ryan was in actual danger, I thought was... Um, satisfying what about you guys
2: well i just that was part of my big like what the fuck with this episode was ryan
0: yeah ryan had been impaled by a piece of glass
2: well no just that like why did they have to do everything that they did why couldn't he just say to seth summer and taylor hey look at this fucked up thing in my back it's really painful and i need to keep i mean we need to do something about it right like they could all work together to, like, wrap it up and lay him down and take care of him. But instead, Keith decides to go with Seth in the car to try and go somewhere. And, like, it turns into a whole thing that I just did not make any sense to me at all. Like, this is one of the dumbest things I think Ryan has ever done on this show. And the most nonsensical things. Like, I understand your girlfriend doesn't like the sign of blood. But, like, I feel like the, the situation calls for yeah, I got this big piece of glass stuck in my back and I need you guys to help me, right? Like, it's not that hard.
1: I mean, it was so in Ryan's character, though, to just not, you know, obviously he has his uh, savior complex and to not freak out the girls and to just rely on Seth. Like, I thought that their brotherhood moment kind of trumped everything else in the episode. Like, that was my favorite aspect.
2: Leaving them alone, I feel like, is so so much worse than
0: than staying
2: with them and, like, letting them take care of you. (laughs) Like, it's... Yeah, I thought that was so dumb
0: do you think it was almost like they were the writers I mean I it didn't tease me because I knew that he didn't die but do you think that they were trying to be like you remember last season when a major character died well guess what's happening this season do you think it I don't was think something- anyone I don't think anyone
2: ever thought that Ryan was gonna die on the OC
1: yeah I don't think so either
2: Mm-mm.
1: and then the other thing is I think if it's just them too like that's an aspect that people enjoyed most about the show were Seth and Ryan conversations. So I think that's another way that they wanted to deliver that.
2: And also, like I just said, no one in the world, like they could have literally had like a boulder fall onto his head. I don't think anyone would expect Ryan to die. You know what I mean? So like the point of all of this was so weird that like you could just have the Seth and Ryan conversations without threatening that ryan might die or something because we know he's not going to you know what i mean i just Mm -hmm. the whole thing
1: Mm -hmm. was
0: strange and weird Mm -hmm. yeah okay i I can see it
1: i i can appreciate your perspective but i'm sticking (laughs) with mine i think it was a good i think it was a good choice i
0: I will say that i have a similar issue with the bullet frank stuff in the next episode and so i understand where you're coming from but i disagree
1: oh see that's what i was frustrated with like the bullet and frank they spent so much time on them And that's not who we came to watch. We didn't come here for
0: Bullet and Frank. We came here for the teens, okay?
1: Like, (laughs) we came here for the characters that we've loved over the last four years, not the people that we met a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, get out of here.
1: Um... But back back to Seth and Ryan, I was mm. going to ask you guys some of the fun questions <laughs> and callbacks that uh, <laughs> Seth made.
2: So I th- I think I have a list. I made my own list from my own memory of all the people Ryan have, has punched in the series.
1: That was so funny. And I love how, when Seth was kind of like, uh, well, you didn't punch Johnny, but everyone wanted you to or something <laughs> right? like that. Yeah. <laughs> what is your list, Ryan? Who all do you have? Tell
2: me if you think I've missed someone. Mm-hmm. I have Luke, obviously. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Trey. Uh huh. Oliver, which actually took me a minute to remember he actually did punch Oliver at the school.
1: I forgot. I forgot about Oliver. Did he
0: punch Donnie? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, yeah, Donnie just shot Luke.
1: Well, who did he hit at the cotillion?
0: He didn't hit anybody. No, he
2: did. did. He was involved in that. He did. No, he hit they they referenced Holly's... it they referenced it in this episode. They he hit literally hit Holly's said Polly's dad. dad and oh, Ryan yeah, said, I said I didn't hit him, it was a tackle. It was a tackle. Okay, okay. that's right.
0: Oh God, that's right.
2: Guys, I'm yeah. begging you to watch the show. <laughs> we watched the heavy lifting i have luke trey oliver gidget um johnny's dad who i forgot about till they mentioned it on the episode uh Mm. dean hess the guys he was cage fighting against
1: they might have left those guys out on the list
2: yeah i have they were
1: consensual punches
2: well the the only the other two are like the random guys that he and luke fought on the baseball field after luke's dad came out Oh, uh, yeah. From the and then the and then the random guys that he fought with his brother like the random bar fight they got into and when, when Trey got the pool stick out to like beat someone's ass and we were like that was intense.
0: You did forget someone, someone mm-hmm. like the very first person he punches in the entire show is um Not Don's, the prisoner. No, Don's boyfriend.
1: Oh, AJ. AJ.
0: He punches. Did he punch AJ. AJ. I think he punches AJ and then he gets kicked out, he out of the AJ. house. I don't think he. AJ. I think he did. That's
1: why I got kicked out.
0: I'm going to look it up. No. Uh-huh.
2: no, no, no. He just gets to the house and, and his mom says, like, I don't want you here. Maybe. I don't think he punches AJ. Maybe he did. There's an,
1: there's an altercation of some t- of some sort. Um, I remember the first season we talked about keeping a, a punch counter and then we gave up.
2: <laughs> I
0: forgot about that. I did too. About <laughs> oh, that. what could have happened?
2: Because there been? was also an altercation at the jail when that guy was like hitting on Kirsten early in season one. But that he didn't punch that guy. That guy just punched him.
1: Yeah. And that guy also stabbed him in the neck with a fork. <laughs>
2: I forgot about the plastic (laughs) fork. The fork fork stab.
1: Just at the end yeah. of series it's always nice to have little callbacks like that I mean it was kind of like I know the Seinfeld ending was controversial but having all those people coming come back for the trial I thought was kind of fun so mm-hmm. this was just their version of it
2: Dylan let us know if the he-, if he punches AJ I'm sorry Chelsea go ahead
1: is it who do you guys like more Magical Waitress Chloe or Donnie the Angry Bus Boy
2: I have a question because I'm going to ask you guys some questions about the series and they those two characters in particular are involved in one of these questions I have but I'm going to say it. I will just say of those two, I think I liked
0: Chloe more.
1: I liked Chloe because I think that was the first time we saw Ryan kind of let loose and have a one night stand and actually seem to enjoy himself.
0: He does yeah. not punch AJ. AJ, I told punch, you. AJ punches him twice. Yeah. And before the second punch, Ryan is leaning back to punch him. But AJ gets him first.
2: Yeah, I think my list might be complete. Luke, Trey, Oliver, Gidget, Johnny's dad, Hot Dean. Random baseball guys, random bar guys, <laughs> random base fighters. Guys.
0: Okay, so yeah. thinking of your list, considering he has a reputation as being a puncher and like the guy who punches people, that's not a very intense list. Well, he punched Luke a bunch of times. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, He also got into a fucking. He got into a a fight that would have ended in death with his brother had Marissa not shot his brother instead. Um, He
1: fought Volchek a lot too.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the only time I think the only time that he punched Gidget was in season four, whenever he got him in the hotel room.
1: No, he beat him up um, after prom when he stole Taylor's money. Yeah, he punched. And he also hit. He also hit him, I'm pretty sure, whenever um, Johnny's girlfriend cheated with him.
0: Didn't he punch him in the Restoration Hardware-style apartment that he was staying in? I seem to remember that.
1: Yeah. Remember, he beat him up, and then he realized he beat him up too much, so he took him to the hospital. That's right. Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You're right. My list is still complete, but yeah, you are right. I forgot about that. I forgot he took him to the the hospital. Good punch list. I forgot he took him to the hospital, and they were just like... And then he, like, ran
0: away.
1: All right, Dylan, who'd you like better, uh, Magical Ra- Waitress Chloe or Donnie the Angry busboy?
0: I think I like Donnie um, just simply because his magic bullet gave us the Luke that we love today. It's kind of like the, 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 the JFK bullet, except instead of um, being able to curve, this actually changes a personality. So I'm all about Donnie.
1: I like it. All right, now what, which, who do you like better, out of Sadie, tough as nails jewelry maker, or Lindsay, the grandfather's illegitimate bookish love child?
0: Ooh. I think we all
2: like Lindsay more than than cousin.
0: Yeah, I like <laughs> I like Lindsay more. I like Lindsay so much I didn't give her a nickname. It's Lindsay, hands Lindsay, down.
1: Lindsay was kind of a dud, but Sadie wasn't that interesting either. <laughs> Lindsay
0: got lost on her way to the Gilmore Girls set and ended up on the OC instead, accidentally. <laughs>
1: So as Seth is looking for help, he runs into our man Daryl. Yes. Um, I thought Daryl throughout season four was kind of a great motif throughout. Um, Seth basically like throws him the keys to the Range Rover, and he's like, "Hey, man, here's this," and he takes his uh grocery cart. But as he's running to go get Ryan, um, he runs into uh Frank Atwood, uh Julie, and Caitlin, and they kind of come to the rescue. <laughs> I was convinced they, <laughs> they were get not going to have that get moment him. instead.
0: You are convinced what? I was convinced they were not going to pick him up. I thought they are just going to go, hey, is that Seth Cohen? And then just keep driving.
2: That was another bizarre part of the episode was that like I was under the impression that there were just no cars out, which is why no one had picked up Seth and Ryan. Because clearly, if you're Seth or Ryan or both of them and you see a car coming, you're going to fucking flag them down and be like, hey, we need some serious help here, right? Seth mm-hmm. did not do that. Frank, Frank drove right past him. Seth did not even attempt to try and stop him or get help at all. He was just running past him with a shopping cart. I was like, Seth is such
0: an idiot.
1: I like how in these last episodes, Ryan's like, I do not accept the reality of this situation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the alt-reality Chris Mica episode.
1: episode. Um, but anyways, they, they kind of skip ahead, and Ryan wakes up in the hospital bed, so they've you know, removed the glass, oper- operated on him. He's woken up. Um, Seth makes another kind of funny um, meta body swap joke. He's like, oh, you know, maybe we could have gotten another season or two out of this. if." Uh, that was great. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Um, but it, it's kind of cool. It, it ends up where Seth uh, donated his blood to Ryan. So he's like, oh, we're actually blood brothers now. And I thought that was really cool.
2: I agree. That scene was good. That was a good way. Like from point A to point Z was so convoluted and stupid. And I did not like it. But once we got to point Z, I was like, all right, this is cool.
1: Yeah, that's cool. What, what did you think about that whole thing, Dylan, as a first-time observer?
0: Well, I will say that I'm kind of torn a little bit on on how that kind of played out. Because on one hand, I didn't like the Seth trying to get Ryan to the hospital storyline. But I was so invested in it because the writing forced me to be invested in it. Like, okay, Ryan's sick. There's a flat tire. He's got to go and get a shopping cart. He's got a shopping Like, there was all this stuff but then there was no payoff. The payoff was just, oh, here's a time jump. Everything's fine now. Um, so I didn't like the way that it progressed, but I will tell you that once they got there to the hospital and Ryan was okay, yay, my boy's fine, I really liked it. And I actually t- I texted you all whenever Seth said that kind of breaking the fourth wall line um, that I really liked where he was like, I think you said, you know, um, too bad, you know, we couldn't swap bodies. We could have probably gotten a couple more years out of this. Um, so we couldn't
2: turn this into a body swap comedy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> I wish that, um, you know, I, I loved that line. I love the whole Blood Brothers thing. It's a nice full circle moment. Um, but I just didn't like how they got there. The means did not justify the ends.
1: So you and Ryan had the same opinion, but I liked it. Maybe I'm more basic than you guys. <laughs> Um, so moving on to the other storylines, um, Sandy and Kirsten are at the mall shopping. Earthquake hits, Kirsten falls over, and of course, whenever you have a hard fall like that, everyone's very concerned about, um, the baby. I've been very careful lately. My, um, OB told me to avoid staircases, because I told her I was very clumsy. Um, but, uh... (laughs) So do do we want to talk about you know I know you guys are a little bit confused about just the mall situation. I will say I did think it was kind of silly that they they were like, "Oh, let's gather supplies." Like they they're not going to be stuck there for a, a week. They were going to be stuck there possibly overnight at at the worst. So, I mean, they were getting a little uh intense about looking for blankets and stuff. Like that was kind of Kind of silly.
2: What was their in-game there as far as like like what you just said, Chelsea they're not gonna be there for very long, right? So why don't they just leave? Like what are they waiting on? Are they waiting for like the mall to be rebuilt around them so they can leave? Like I didn't understand <laughs> this at all.
1: It well, and the other funny thing was like Sandy was like directing all of the emergency people. I guess they were security guards, but <laughs> yeah. like he was he was the one I'm the was sheriff like, Okay, now. everyone, yeah, this is what
2: I'm Paul yeah. Blart now. You work for me now at the Marissa Cooper Memorial Mall, which she has also destroyed now. <laughs>
1: oh my god.
3: I agree.
2: Um
1: but he t- uh, but and then he just abandons the situation. He's like everyone stay here except me and, Kier- me and Kirsten because she might be injured. So he takes her to the hospital.
2: I'm sorry, Chelsea. I'm really sorry to interrupt you. I feel like I've done that a lot already and I apologize. But just oh, to so- follow up on what you said earlier, about Marissa causing the earthquake. <laughs> I just had the visual of the Marissa scream happening and then the earthquake <laughs> follows. <laughs>
0: And I think that's what oh happened my god. in the afterlife. A giant eldritch god, Marissa, just screaming in the, and and oh my god. Oh, god.
1: oh my god. But, so Sandy takes just Kirsten, I'm sure there were other injured people there, they alluded to there being other injured people there, gets to the hospital, they're like, okay, she's pregnant, whatever, we'll, we'll see her when we can see her, but of course there's like a stranger's like, no, take my place. I don't really know what they were um, trying. Do you think they're what, what message were they trying to tell us with that?
2: I don't know. People I didn't nice. understand most of this episode. Like, yeah, I guess like like what you like what you just said. Sandy spent all this time establishing himself as like the leader of this group. It does feel like lost. Like he's become the leader of like the others. And suddenly he just bails on them. Suddenly he's just like, bye, and takes his wife to the fucking hospital. How'd they even get to the hospital? I'm sorry, did they get in their car and drive to the hospital? Like everyone else could just get in their car and drive to their homes?
1: Drive home. I mean, Or drive to check on their loved ones. Like it was so silly. But he's like, everyone stay put. And then he goes. They had a chance
0: to kind of like turn it into a... Everyone is in the same situation. So it doesn't matter if you're like a noopsy or if you're one of the homeless people, everyone is now on an equal playing field and they're all going through this together. But then that was just, I mean, maybe that could be it because it's like the kindness of some random person allowed Sandy to continue living the privileged existence that they do I don't I don't really know what the point was there, other than a nice man with a neck injury uh, made sure that that baby was safe.
2: Yeah, but that was another part of this episode that kind of made me frustrated. Was
1: there's I no mean, thread, if, no payoff. There was it was just yeah.
2: I mean, the, I mean, uh, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but like, yeah, this guy who has some sort of injury, he's got a neck brace on, says mm-hmm. like, you can take my spot because he's a nice guy and he wants to help this baby. Right, this pregnant woman has a baby, and then. They even go as far as this bizarre scene with Sandy and the doctor where he's like, he's just rambling. And the doctor started that scene by saying that, like, you know, this is what could happen. There could be a rupture. And it's this, and I was sitting there going, "Wait, did that happen, or is she just telling him things that could potentially be a problem in the future?" Where I'm like, "What kind of doctor does that? When it's you like go a to the doctor, your, your doctor, you, when you go to the doctor, your doctor doesn't go, you know, you might have cancer, but like, no, you, doctors don't do that. <laughs> no. Why would the doctor no, tell you what check could be everything. wrong?" Why would the doctor tell you what could be wrong? Why would that guy give you his spot in line when he does have some sort? I'm not saying his life was in danger. He has an injury,
0: and then for it to all just be like, well, nope, she's fine. Everything's fine. And that, yeah. Yeah. What if that guy died? That's probably what happened. That would make the story better if we found out that the that would neck, be hilarious. The neck if that guy, guy they neck brace
2: guy Like on sh- they leave the hospital. And they show that guy getting stretchered into an ambulance or something. Like, yeah. And then they named the little girl
0: <laughs> Neck Brace Girl Cohen.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, it was it was so bizarre that they wrote all of this into an episode for literally no reason. This episode could have been something completely different. They still could have had the earthquake, and they could have. I like what Dylan said. Like, make it about. Um, like, I guess, wealth inequality or status or whatever. But instead, they don't do any of that. They write all these bizarre, random one-off things in that don't make any sense, and then there's no payoff to any of them. I think just to, like, fill time almost.
1: Yeah, I it, especially moving on to the, the other two, like, Taylor and Summer and Julie and Caitlin's storylines were very much throwaways.
0: I am I'm convinced, so there's 16 episodes this season. I am convinced mm-hmm. that this would have been a perfect 15-episode season. And just somehow cut two of the episodes together. And I'm willing to bet it would have been one of the last two.
1: Um. So Julie and Caitlin are at the ice cream shop when the earthquake hits. They, they're in there with a, a dweeb named Gary. A dweeb? Uh, <laughs>
0: Triggering.
1: I... Well, when I was watching it, I, I was like, why did they cast this dude? Why didn't they cast that? You know, that one guy who's in like the office and Greek and hot tub time machine. I don't know the actor's name, but you guys know who I'm talking Darryl.
2: about. Daryl. Oh, is he the guy from Love Life?
1: Uh, uh, I don't know if I've seen Love Life. Oh, but... wait,
2: you're talking about you, wait, are you talking about Craig Robinson, the guy that played Daryl? No, yeah, Daryl,
1: not Craig Robinson. He was Robinson. in the office and
2: hot tub time machine.
1: He was. He wasn't in Greek, though.
2: You're talking about the guy that was that came in towards the end of the office.
1: Yeah, like the very last season.
0: Oh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. And everyone called. Um, they were like,
1: "He's little Dwight," and Clark there was the Duke. other guy. Clark that was little Duke is his name. Clark Duke. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I for some reason I, I was like, "Why didn't they cast him?" That seems like up his wheelhouse. But I guess they didn't cast him because they wanted him to have somewhat of a glow up.
2: Wait, are you saying the Clark Duke is unglow upable?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly wow. what I'm saying.
0: Wow. There is so much hate. There's a dweeb, and now there's an unglow (laughs) upable successful actor.
1: Hey, Clark Duke has made a good place for himself in the world. I'm just saying he wasn't right for this one particular
2: role. Clark Duke is literally not involved in the OC whatsoever, and somehow he's catching strays in our finale episode.
0: (laughs) I mean, he deserves it. His dad is David Duke. What? That's podcast canon now. That Clark Duke, the character actor, (laughs) his dad ran the KKK. That's the story. I think I'm like
2: his dad is Duke University.
1: (laughs) I was like, have I? Did we just accidentally milkshake duck? Like I was. We um, just milkshake duck.
0: New Dwight. (laughs) I'm editing all of this out.
1: <laughs> um, Julie and Caitlin uh, start singing "Night Moves," which I love. Everyone knows Julie loves Bob Seger and always musical moment to him of the times. episode.
2: By the way, was it them singing it? Hey, yes, yes.
1: I actually I wanted to comment on that actually because the there weren't a lot of music moments in this episode, and I think it's because they wanted to punctuate the um, lack of electricity and just you know make it feel very silent.
2: <laughs> also, fuck Radiohead. They played the same Radiohead song like three times in this episode. I fucking hate radiohead so the musical moment mm-hmm. is caitlin and julie singing night moves wow is, I love it. is the fashion moment the neck brace
1: i mean there, there weren't really very many notable episodes it was
2: or the piece like of glass i kind of Ryan. like the fashion moment was daryl he was taking his pants off and, I, and then they showed him getting into the car later and i was like daryl had some cool pants on daryl had some very like distressed perfectly torn <laughs> jeans i was like i kind of like those jeans shout out to daryl yeah
1: well, I don't know Gary's hat though. Um, if he had a crush on Caitlyn, I don't understand why the first thing he didn't do was take off that hat and apron.
2: Yeah, because he's trying to be himself, Chelsea. He's just gonna—he's trying to get—he's not trying to trick her. He wants that, to be that was who clearly, he is.
1: <laughs> I know, but if you were like, sudden, if, if there was a disaster, you're stuck in an ice cream shop and you were wearing like a stupid outfit, that's the first thing you'd do. Like if you were working at hot dog on a stick and you were stuck at the mall, you would take off that hat.
2: Forgot about hot dog
0: on a stick. What a place. Isn't that just a corn I dog know. without the corn, though? Nah.
1: nah, there's corn There's corn on it. There's cornbread so, around the hot dog. So it's
0: just a corn dog. I don't yeah. know hot dog on a stick. We didn't have that in Lawton. We just had one restaurant, and it served everything. It was called Golden Corral.
1: I'm surprised <laughs> that you didn't have a shitty strip mall somewhere in Lawton.
0: We, we didn't did. have your own Marissa Cooper Memorial Mall. We, we did. It was... <laughs> It was just a whole bunch of golden corrals. Yeah, well, if an earthquake oh. had struck those golden corrals, I bet you could have left and gotten your car and gone home. They could have swam in brown gravy all the way to the hospital.
1: So I'm unsure if the, um, like, I don't know, all, all the silliness. I guess now that I know that you guys hated the Ryan and Seth storyline, <laughs> I was going to say, did the silliness take away from the overall episode? But you guys just thought it was all silly.
2: No, I was going to say, and I'm not trying. I am promise, Chelsea, I'm not trying to just be contrarian to you. I truly thought that the the Julie, Caitlin stuff, the ice cream guy was like one of the better parts. Like to me, it was like just fun. I don't think anyone believed that what he was saying was true from the beginning. I don't think any of us thought that like, Oh my God, they're in serious danger. The peers washed out. I think we, I, I I think we all kind of caught on early as to what was going on there. And I thought it was just kind of funny. And I liked, I liked the bonding that it gave Julie and Caitlin as far as I didn't love how quickly Caitlin changed her mind about frank but i did like the caitlin julie stuff
1: yeah that was a fast heel turn um that she decided okay frank's fine julie is trying to escape and uh gary is like oh no you can't i'm having an asthma attack (laughs) and then um caitlin gives him cpr and he like slips of the tongue it's a very sandlot Type moment.
2: He went full windy peppercorn.
1: Yeah. I mean, literally, their their makeover on him was just like they took off his apron and his hat and his glasses, and they were like, oh look, you're transformed. <laughs> He's, He's all that. All yeah. that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I dare you, to you take the ice so cream crazy. boy to prom.
1: I what's funny is though, they could have been like, hey, you wake up in your glow-up form every morning before you get dressed.
2: <laughs> you actively glow yourself down on purpose every morning. <laughs>
0: Leave him wanting more.
1: <laughs> um, so Frank comes and saves the day, rescues them. They're in the car. They have a funny little bit about um, Kate, like where Caitlin found the clown porn. And she's like, oh, I found it in Dr. Robert's office. And they get kind of silent. Perfect. Like, oh, suckers. Perfect yeah. deadpan delivery.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's another moment where I was like, hey, Frank was able to just leave. He got out of whatever traffic he was in because there was traffic, which is weird that he was stuck in traffic. But wherever Seth and Ryan were, there were literally no, no cars.
3: Yeah.
2: Then all of a sudden, Frank is also there, but all of the other cars are gone. It's just Frank's car, apparently. And then Frank was able to just drive to the ice cream parlor and get them out and leave. I'm like, why couldn't anyone else just go to their cars and leave? I'm hung up on this.
1: I thought the dumbest storyline was Taylor and Summer's storyline, to be honest.
0: I don't even remember what was going on. I just remember it had something to do with the rabbit. Well, it was Veronica. But I did. I like that they
2: gave Taylor and Veronica... A moment i did not love just how out of nowhere quickly it just showed up like this th- i think the problem i have with these two episodes is how quickly they were like here's a lot of stuff that we got to do before the th- series finale a lot of loose ends we got to tie up like we got to do something with taylor and her mom so let's just throw a scene in where they're friends now it's like i did that's yeah. that was my biggest pet peeve with these two episodes i think
1: and she like shoots her in the toe
2: i did love <laughs> taylor with the flare gun like looking hot Rolling around, yeah, that was
0: that was like Mister
2: and Mrs. Smith shit.
1: Ha. Um, so yeah, they go up in the attic, and there's a, a skeleton dummy that uh, Taylor, that Summer's dad used, and pancakes Uncle Alistair.
0: put some respect on that name.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was like, it's a fucking rabbit, but whatever. Taylor rides her bike with her mom in the wagon. Uh, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't have a car at the house, but
2: whatever. Can we?
0: Can we unpack probably the least important part of this episode? Because it's really bothering me.
2: Wait, can I guess? (laughs) Yeah. Is it whose cars are whose? And like, where do they, how do they keep popping up? Okay, because I have a lot of questions about Ryan's multiple cars now that keep getting destroyed, and yet he still has a Jeep in the finale somehow. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, and Seth doesn't have a car. Um, No, my, my question is, I'm trying to figure out the rabbit sex timeline. Like, I'm pretty sure that rabbit just stays in Summer's room. When... I'm I'm just as confused as Summer is as like how the rabbit got pregnant. Could have got pregnant in the lab whenever she stole it. Do rabbits gestate but that long? They don't
1: have to gestate that long. Yeah.
2: Like I said, uh, for some reason in my head, I just assumed that every species is a nine
0: month like, <laughs> ra- <laughs> I, like
1: how, I like how me and Dylan both said gestate at the exact same time.
0: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> with science, but I was just so confused about that. Also, rabbits. This episode reminded me rabbits are so stupid, and like if you pick them up wrong. They will try and jump out of your arms and can break their own backs. So be careful if you have a rabbit. Don't pick it up wrong. It's
2: crazy that you said that because I literally just played with a rabbit in real life on oh. Friday. Is it um, okay for Easter? Someone had a rabbit. Now, the rabbit was adorable, but it's the first time I'd ever—I think, I think I'd ever held a rabbit before. Now you've now you've just said
0: that. Um, rabbit gestation periods are literally thirty-five days. Wow! So that rabbit would have had to escape. I'm
1: quite jealous.
0: Get laid and then come back. Yeah, but you don't accidentally eat your kids, Chelsea. That's true. But also, we're talking about the next episode
2: because there was not baby pancakes in this episode. Oh, you're right.
1: Well, to close up this episode, Dylan, what did you think about the uh, mic drop that was their house being torn up?
0: Um, I thought that that was really intense. I love the pelican. It's pretty crazy that it appears that the earthquake vaporized all of the furniture in the living room. I um, thought
2: the same thing? <laughs> when they were packing up the house in the next episode, I was like, we never saw them put anything into a box because they'd already taken everything out of the house. Like there was no furniture left. In yeah, there.
0: it just the board. Mm-hmm. The the earth earthquake hits. The earth opens up. Uh, Marissa in hell gets all of the furniture. Um, but no, I, uh, <laughs> I I thought I liked it. It was a nice little coup de grace. Marissa went to hell. Is the new Marissa lives outside. <laughs> Everything's outside. We'll down enjoy
1: here. it for the rest of this episode. And <it>. Um. All right, the finale, Ryan. What do you think?
2: Well, wow, Chelsea just like fucking ended it. She's like, "We're done. Yep. This is the end of the no." I had, I had a question that I kind of thought was interesting. Maybe we have that scene because I kind of I kind of forgot how this all ends. Like, I remember Ryan and Seth in the hospital together, and then and then Sandy and Kirsten show up. Right, And it's the four of them, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what we're here to see." Like, this feels like home, yeah. right? Like Ryan, Seth, Sandy, and Kirsten. And then, not long after that, they go join everybody else, and like what you said, Chelsea. Some of those characters we've known for like literally three episodes or something, like Frank. But then I started thinking about who do we, who is our preferred core, quote unquote core for? Is it Ryan, Seth, Sandy, and Kirsten, or Ryan, Seth, Summer, and Marissa, or Ryan, Seth, Summer, and Taylor? Ooh,
1: yeah, that, that's that's a good point. I mean, I th- I think they we always said the core four, meaning the kids. But you're right; the heart of the show is uh, Sandy, Kirsten, Seth, and Ryan.
0: Sandy, Tate, Caleb, and Luke. No, no, <laughs> that's the Mount Rushmore. That's different.
1: <laughs> that's the acapella group.
2: <laughs> but no, I was just thinking about like if I, if they were to do a whole episode just featuring four characters, Ryan, Seth, Sandy and Kirsten or Ryan, Seth, Summer and Marissa. I feel like I would want the parents involved, right? I
0: Okay, that's tough because set, I feel like the Seth because Marissa's dead. Yeah, well it's Okay, I my core four is Ryan, Seth, Summer, Marissa, but Marissa's dead. Probably because the issue with both of these pairings with you know, having Seth, I mean, having Summer and Marissa and then having Sandy and Kirsten is you're going to have a bad storyline no matter which pairing it is. Like, there's always the strong (laughs) storyline and the one you want to skip. So I would almost argue... I feel
2: like like what Dylan is saying is that uh, no matter what characters you put together, the writers will fuck it up.
0: (laughs) So, okay, I will say this, though. I think that if you're looking from, like, purely a these storylines are fun to watch perspective, I think my core for... Is Summer Taylor Seth
2: Ryan? Um, Do we have it, Dylan? Do you have anything else you want to add about this
0: episode? Um, The the penultimate. I just had a couple notes. Um, The first one was I was really concerned with Seth just giving um, giving the car away because I was wondering if the car was paid off um, and if Mm. it was actually like there's a whole issue. Did he contact the police? Um, I also said Summer, what the hell? Rabbit getting X-rays. There are people dying.
3: There's people that are dying. And
0: that's it. That's all I got. I th- the, only, the only real note I had that it, we didn't talk about here was when they
2: would tune into the radio and like at one point they tuned in with Ryan and Taylor and they said that like we've got our first fatality and Ryan was just quick to be like well it's probably no one we know like it's fine let people die as long as we don't know them I thought that was kind of funny <laughs> um, but also I don't think I know the difference or if there may, there may not be a difference but is there a difference between fatalities and casualties um,
0: I think the manner of death
2: I just thought earthquake deaths would be
0: a casualty, and a fatality was like if you got murdered. I think it okay. Because in the show they say fatality. I am. I am truly just like pulling this out of nowhere, but it sounds right in my head. I think a casualty is something that is caused by like something man-made, and a fatality is something caused by something like you would have a a fatality for a like. No, because you descri- they describe like people who pass in traffic accidents as fatalities. I don't know. Well, one you I'm could do but more-
2: by- I'm just basing this on what Mortal Kombat is. Yeah, I was going to say yeah.
0: they didn't say there were any animalias or whatever it was or a babality. Animality. No babalities in this episode. All right, Chelsea is so bored.
1: No, I'm fine. I'm I'm not bored. I'm just like d- like God. I just like don't feel good. This has been a hard she, day.
2: She was about I'm to fine. say I'm fine and then she stopped because she was like I'm not fine. I'm not yeah. okay.
0: I promise. Good news, Chelsea. We're,
2: we've reached the final episode, so you're almost done. The end's not here, not near. Well, it's, it's here. Well, it's not like y'all
1: are the ones causing my pain.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced we're not. But okay. <laughs> Hi,
0: we're coming to you from Chelsea's uterus both of us no
2: i just feel like her kid her children are listening to us and they're like fucking we gotta rage against the machine to get them to shut up uh yeah no we're here it's episode 16 of season four it is called the ends not near it's here and i just want to say that that is a lyric from i can't remember the name of the band but then band of horses covered that song um the the song is called the ends not near and the band of horses covered it um for the oc mix six and i don't know why they didn't put the fucking song in the episode because i feel like that was the whole point of naming the episode this but then they didn't even use the song but the episode is called the ends not near it's here it features sandy cohen on screen for eight minutes and 18 seconds and I thought that was important because my birthday is 818 and I thought that was that was interesting Fate. uh Dylan end me
0: oh for the last time on February 22nd that's two 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 thousand and seven. 2007 the end came um for some uh 6.59 million people that is and because this is the last episode I have some fun little stats for you so for the season four finale we had 6.59 million viewers For the season one finale, we had 10.72 million. For the season two finale, we had 7.63 million. for the season three finale, we had 6.4 million. So um, for those of you who didn't write that down, uh, that means season one, season two, season four, and season three finales uh, ranking from most viewers to fewest viewers. And this was written... By the man, the myth, the legend, the head writer, and the creator of The Orange County, Mr. Josh Schwartz. And something that I looked up just to make us all feel incredibly lazy, despite the fact we just finished, I guess, shortly, we will have just finished this entire show, is Josh Schwartz, during season one, dude was 29 years old. Season two, 30. And during this season, he was 31 years old. So he was younger than the three of us are right now for the entirety of this show. So just to make you feel lazy also kind of helps with maybe some writing choices. But uh, let's talk about the end. Let's just get it done.
2: So we start this episode with another time jump, which I believe is the fourth time this season. Just so a quarter of the episodes Mm -hmm. of season four have had some sort of time jump. Um, Season one or the episode one had one. Um, The alien episode had one. Another one recently had one, I think, and now this one. I can't remember what the fourth one was. Um, but we know now that uh, it's been six months since the earthquake, since we last left everyone at the hospital. Also, I'm sorry, I, I, this is like kind of important. It goes back to the last episode a little bit. But something that that's it, kind of important in this episode is that we see Ryan and Frank like hugging when they get to the hospital. And I just feel like we skipped, like, 12 steps in their relationship, right? Like, there were, the, the storyline of Ryan and Frank's relationship was Ryan didn't want to see him, Frank lied about cancer, disappeared, suddenly Taylor got involved and found out that Frank wants to be with Julie, and now Ryan's just fine and all the way back in his life, and they're just having a normal relationship now, which is strange.
1: Yeah, that is weird. And I get that Ryan and Julie have a complicated relationship, but still, it's like, hey, you lied about having cancer, man
2: yeah yeah no i the whole thing with ryan the whole frankness of season four is bizarre and like just really shoehorned in again and i know that kevin sorbo sucks and i just think he didn't do favors to this to the season he's one of of all the new characters we had which by the way we didn't have we haven't seen chay in a long time we haven't seen chris brown in a long time frank's still here and he just i don't know i just don't like him (laughs) i don't know i don't know what else to say anyway since six months everyone is now living at the cooper's house awesome which I guess is the Cooper's house. Could be Neil's house still. I don't actually know. Could be the Yeah, they the they call house. it the
1: Cooper's. That that that's another thing I don't get. Like it's uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't call it Summer's house. I don't understand why if Julie's dating the bullet, why he hasn't bought the house or bought them another house or whatever is going on. Um a lot, a lot of stuff I'm confused about there.
2: Yeah. Lot of stuff doesn't make sense. Um everyone lives at the Cooper's house. Key Kirsten is super pregnant now. We find out that Taylor has moved to France and broken up with Ryan, which is, again, another... That's my ba- that's my biggest problem with this episode, is that, like, why? Why did they have to do one more... Like, there's enough happening in this episode already. They fit a lot of shit into 42 minutes. Why did we need yet another Ryan-Taylor breakup get back together? Like, it just didn't make sense. Uh, we didn't need it. Like, they could have just stayed many- together... They could have just stayed together and it would have made the ending more satisfactory or more satisfying because it would have been... They would have had another six months of their relationship. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just felt so stupid that they broke him up and got him back together one more time. Even though that's so they the could have that really has been. S-
0: steamy scene in the end where he rips off... They, they rip could off still do clothes. that. Yeah, that's true.
1: Or even that look that they have at the wedding... um, You know what I mean? They could have been like, oh, we helped each other through a hard time. I'll always remember you. And then go their separate ways um, and then reconnected. So you're right.
2: (laughs) Or they could just stay together and be together and go to Berkeley. Why did she have to move to France? Why did they have to break up? Like, they're making this so convoluted and unnecessarily complicated on themselves. And by them, I mean the writers. We find out that Julie is also pregnant and she is engaged to the bullet. Oh, baby. Bullet's back, baby he's been gone for what two episodes (laughs) but hey he's back now um we see seth and summer i wrote that they are hashtag goals because they're living life uh let's just see we all did
1: during coronavirus yeah that was
2: we're not living life that was that was
0: (laughs) they were my favorite part of this episode
2: there's uh, they're addicted to briefcase or no briefcase which i fucking loved because i'm not kidding very recently over the holidays Macy and I discovered the Pluto TV has a channel that just airs Deal or No Deal over like on repeat,
0: twenty four hours a day, and we've definitely watched it for more than once. Um, did you have how
1: bad was caitlin's imitation of Sandy? I thought it was okay. Horrible.
0: That was my note. Was it better or worse than mine?
1: It was way worse than yours. You. It was worse. It was terrible. It was dumb. I feel like I it, it's something it.
0: that she wanted to do. Like, hey, I think it'd be funny if my character did an imitation of Sandy.
2: We see that uh, the Cohens have a, an inspector coming to their house. they waited six months for an inspector to come look at their broken ass house which is insane to wait half a year for God. that yeah no shit and here's another thing i didn't understand he says there's no saving your home and like i just don't if if they wanted that house so bad and they were so devastated that it was destroyed just pay the money like you guys are fucking rich just have it fixed mm-hmm. yeah like, the, the-
0: the only thing that the insurance adjuster said is that the cost to repair it will be more than insurance will pay out or no, not, not, not right. more than, and, and that their house. Is, and so, yeah, I, I didn't understand that, especially when they were just going to buy another one. Anyway, it was kind of a like I've, wreck.
2: I've wrecked my car and they say, yeah, this car's totaled, But if I really wanted to, I could just get the car fixed. Right. Yeah. If I really wanted to.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense for California real estate either, because that piece of land is worth so much that they own. So even if they rebuilt there, I feel like it would still be better than They're buying revaluable? a brand new. Yeah, well, I mean, compare that to buying a house in San Francisco. Um <laughs>
0: They're expensive there. I Listen, I really
2: tried to just, just say, turn my brain off, go for the ride. But there were so many things in these episodes that drove me fucking crazy. When a show mm-hmm. that started off, especially in season one, so meticulous and like so good about these small details that they've just given up. Which I guess I'd maybe do the same thing, too, if I were getting to the end of a four-year show. Anyway, they can't save the home. They go house hunting. And while they're house hunting, um, Sandy, basically, Sandy is getting nostalgic. He's talking about Berkeley um but kirsten just says we're fucking buying this shitty not shitty house a very nice house but it's like a mcmansion type of house so they agree they're just gonna buy this house taylor is now back because (laughs) of course she is she decided to come back i guess i don't know why she's back but she is i guess probably for julie's wedding i actually just made that i actually figured that out in my head just now (laughs) she goes on a rant to the guy at the airport gate which is kind of funny she it's a lot of exposition
0: about all the shit that we missed in the last six months I, I yeah I, I liked this exposition. I thought this was very in character expo.
2: I thought it was funny when she mentioned that Ryan grew a mustache. That made me laugh. Um, but she basically it boils down to her just saying we didn't work. And I'm like I wish we would have gotten more of that. Like I wish we would have known more about like what did yeah. what didn't work. Why like didn't? tell me yeah why didn't like they what work? was the catalyst for you figuring out that you didn't work? Tell us why you didn't work instead of just saying well it didn't work. He puts her on a terrorist watch list, which was pretty funny. Actually, I, just, I, I did like that part. Um, what are the odds that Summer and Taylor would run into Ryan and Seth at, the, at an airport, which is bonkers to me? <laughs> like, the Calif- airports in California are pretty big, and that they just happen to run into each other. Great. Um, it's an awkward scene with Ryan and Taylor, where we learn that Ryan is still in love with her. Oh, boy. And then she basically says that she's still in love with him. She tells Summer, Ryan tells Seth. And I thought that was kind of interesting just because Ryan would never do anything like that with Marissa for sure. Like he would have never had that type of reaction or admitted to anyone, much less himself, that he was still in love with somebody. Good for Taylor for bringing that side out of him. Um, we see Caitlin meeting the Bullets, 12, 12 sons. God,
0: I love Spencer. I want to live in I that part
1: them. of the episode. Yeah. Oh, my God. But why is his name Spencer? They could have easily named him Austin and kept a, a continuous bit.
0: Isn't there Spencer in Texas? I think it's pretty
2: obvious that they introduced Spencer as Bullets' son before they realized that they were going to write this bit with him naming them after cities, right? I have the list of his 12 sons. We have Spencer, Austin, Dallas, Houston, Lubbock, Odessa, El Paso, Amarillo, Texarkana, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, and Hanoi, obviously. <laughs> That was Corpus, Corpus, well, Ma- Corpus Christi would be a great name for a child. Well, Ma- Chelsea, body, body of Christ,
0: uh, Trinidad.
2: Ryan and Seth are at the airport when they run into them because they decide that they are going to go to the Berkeley house. Sandy's been nostalgic for this house. So Ryan and Seth decide they're going to fly to Berkeley. And uh, I guess their plan was fly to Berkeley and do whatever they needed to do to try
0: and buy the house back, I guess. I don't know. Okay. But they go to the house. No. Oh, no, no. Oh, I wanna, I'm going to wait until they open the door to ask my question. So, well, they go to the house, they knock okay. on the
2: door, and two men answer the door. It's Todd and Patrick. And as I'm sure we talked about this in episode one of season one, Todd is the waiter from the first episode of the OC, the crudité and dip waiter. Okay. From mm-hmm. The
1: crab and, crab and brief elo guy.
0: Oh, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, my question is about Todd. So, is it just the same actor? Or is it the same character? I think it's the same character. Because I I thought I went into it thinking it was gonna be the same character. Um, and either like I would have expected like Sandy or Kirsten to be like, Oh hey, Todd, it's good to see you again. Because if it is the same character, that makes them look so like I don't know.
2: Dylan, you're living in a world where people get to know their servers even, like which does not exist. Like but a service. Well, no, I've that's in the true because, okay. the, That is true. I've worked, I was the manager at the Will Rogers Event Center. I was in charge of catering no one was talking to our waiters trying to get to know them.
1: Well, I hire the same... Ca- Me and, and all my friends hire the same catering company every time. They always know when our friend group is having a party and they send the same crew. Okay, well, that were we're the case, we if that
2: were the case, we would have seen Todd popping up
0: multiple times over the course of the series instead twice, of just the one time. Didn't we?
1: Twice in season one and then never again.
0: I would think at least Sandy yeah. would have remembered him. But anyway, that was my question.
1: Well, well I just... I think it could have been such a fun, easy call out for him to be like, yeah... Uh, you know it it would have been like three lines of dialogue that people would have really enjoyed like i started my own business and i live here
2: first of all i don't think they would have put him in the episode if he was just a different character i think that would be strange Mm -hmm. they would have just had a different actor playing that character but i also feel like people i like i probably first of all i didn't recognize him i had to learn that through the internet back in the day like when i first Mm -hmm. watched the episode i didn't recognize him so much like the coen's like, I, I don't know if it was I was I expected to recognize him as well, because they were supposed to, like, I didn't recognize him. But also, I feel like people would have been upset if they called it out, because it would have been like, oh, they did this funny thing. And then they made it obvious that they called it out to everybody, right?
1: Well, they could, they didn't even have to call it out. They could have just, they could have just been like, oh, you look familiar. You know what I mean?
2: That would actually, yeah.
1: Or what they could have done is literally at the wedding, he could, you know, that they have to help put on. They could have also made uh, mushroom crescents and crab and briefing. Oh. Yeah, that
2: would have been the way to do it. Was to have them offer yeah. the same thing again. That would have been the mm-hmm. way to do it for sure.
1: You know what I also didn't understand was why Kirsten and Sandy wanted to buy a house just for a year. Everyone knows that that's a terrible idea. The closing costs are going to be more than like <laughs> to make it worth it. That makes They're no sense.
2: Again, if they're going to pay this much money to live in a house for a year, just fix your old house.
1: Yeah, just fix it. or live at the um, Four Seasons like Oliver
2: <laughs> or the Mermaid Inn and invite yeah. Anna to your Christmas party or your <laughs> Or New Year's stay
1: party. with Julie a little longer. She clearly enjoys it. I mean, they, yeah. the only reason why they had that is just so Bullock could come to the rescue and buy the house. Oh, it was I like love that part. Fly them in the private jet right, and bloody- have a son who is an OB. I'm so mad that Julie didn't marry uh, Bullet. Okay. I
2: I have to. Me Me too. too. Don't worry. We'll get to that.
1: Bullet is a great character. Yeah. He would have been a wonderful husband.
2: So what you're saying is like, Sadie and Kirsten are signing the papers to this new house that they've agreed to buy. Bullet shows up because Seth Seth and Ryan, I didn't understand this either, that like Kirsten can't fly because she's nine months pregnant. And then Ryan's like, well, what if she didn't fly on an airline? And I was like, I don't think they were t- I don't think you're not allowed to fly because the airline doesn't want you to fly. I think you're not allowed to fly because it's unsafe, regardless of who's flying you, whether it's an airline or the bullet, right? Uh, yeah. That was bizarre to me. So... Um, but I'm he, not a
1: hundred percent sure. I think it's more just like in case something happens, then you won't be near anything convenient, or you might have to deliver somewhere that's not your home.
0: Act, but yeah. yeah, which is exactly a why jet. you shouldn't be flying. Period.
1: But if you have a private jet, then all of those issues are kind of alleviated.
0: My, so my my understanding, based on what Leslie told me, and the only reason I know this is because we we drove to Colorado and we went to different altitudes. Mm-hmm is the big worry and why they don't want you to fly is because of blood oxygen levels. Like if you're at a higher mm-hmm. altitude, making sure that the baby gets enough oxygen and stuff. And so it doesn't matter that they were in a private jet. I mean, there and there's not any more oxygen in the air that a private jet flies in. I thought that they were legitimately just going to like fly lower in the private jet, but obviously— as Bullet says, yeah. everything's fine because one of his sons is a doctor, a lady parts doctor.
1: Well, the but your oxygen is controlled and the um, pressure is controlled in like an airplane. Well, yeah, well, so it's more just is like it just
0: convenience.
2: No, reg- what do you? What are we? What are we doing here? Reg- regardless of whether <laughs> okay. it's blood oxygen or convenience and closeness to a hospital, either of those. Are not different in one airplane versus another airplane. That's, yeah, they are. Yeah, in a the,
1: private jet? They are absolutely yeah.
2: not, Chelsea. Well, uh, in, a, uh, in, a, in a private I jet. I can 100% you,
1: tell you that there's different? it's very different. I will say
2: this. What's pr- the difference, Chelsea? If you're flying in a jet versus flying in a commercial airline and you start you going can, into labor, where they, got, can they can land the jet, they can anywhere. land the plane. No, exactly. no, no, but you,
1: you can't necessarily land a plane, but you could, like a, a commercial plane, but you can land a private jet and you can schedule the jet for any time. You have if you're to like land midway, a private jet
2: at some sort of airport. You have to land on some sort of runway. You have to do that with a commercial flight as well. Yeah,
1: but you can do that anywhere, and or you could turn around. There's like a, just so many more do that. options. You can-
0: and there's a I, doctor on board.
2: Chelsea, they turn they turn commercial flights around when someone vomits. Are you telling me they're going to turn a flight around because there's a woman having a, like a baby? But
1: that's they, that's why commercial jets won't let you on there because they're trying to minimize the risk of that happening.
2: This is insane that this is what this series has come to. <laughs> <laughs> where are we? I don't know where we are. So bullets going to fly them to Berkeley <laughs> to fly Sandy and Kirsten because why? I don't know because they've. Todd and Patrick already told Seth and Ryan they're not selling the house. And so so for some reason, they're like, well, if you're not going to sell to us, I bet you'll sell it to my dad, which makes absolutely no sense. But whatever. They're all at the house now. And uh, Kirsten's water breaks. She's going to go into labor. Um, We'll talk about that in a second. In the meantime, we spend some time with Summer and Taylor. We have the summer had a funny line. That's another one of those like inside joke things where she talks about how real life Jake broke up with real life April and that these teen dramas run forever. That was, uh, I think, a reference to her and Adam Brody breaking up in real life and uh, that the OC is getting canceled. (laughs) Taylor kind of interrogates summer about Taylor finally stops talking about her own problems with Ryan and kind of gives summer the, the third degree for a minute about what's going on with her and her life and her relationship and like how they got into this weird rut And Summer's quote, I wrote her quote down. She says, the earthquake happened, the comics, the comic book store shut down, Seth's room was destroyed, I didn't join George, then he moved in. So I feel like that was a lot of well-done exposition in a way that Mm the show was not good at any other point in time. But that, to me, was just straight to the point. I was like, all right, great, I understand fully what's happened here. Um, That's also when we find out that Pancakes had children, Um, there's baby bunnies running around the room. Human children, twins. Um, what were they eating? Cheetos. That's a great question. Yeah, no, toaster strudels is what they were eating earlier. So it's probably toaster strudel crumbs. Each other. I like that uh, Summer called herself a bad crack mother. I was like, you can't do that in 2022, <laughs> but you could do it in 2007. That was funny. But meanwhile, we're on this journey now. Ryan and Seth have gone to Berkeley to, to the house. Now Sandy and Kirsten are on their way to the house, but Ryan and Seth leave the house and go to the college Berkeley, which I'm like, why? Why would you go there? They did. And uh there's probably the most un like the most out of character Seth has ever been is in this scene because he's like very invested in Ryan's relationship and Ryan's life, which is so out of character for Seth, who mm-hmm. only ever cares about himself. But he mm-hmm. just has just decided to take an interest in Ryan and Taylor's relationship, and tells her that he should call her since he's in love with her. And I'm like, Seth, where was this? I don't know. Three years ago, you've been a much more char- much more fun character to be around. Seth runs into a guy from George.
0: I forget his name. His who His him a flyer t- Paul. Paul. No, yes, Paul from George. Because uh, I thought they were doing a Beatles thing. Who was the guy? The I first guy from George. I thought they were doing a basketball thing. Ooh, touche. Uh,
1: the first guy, I don't remember his name.
0: Uh, Moe's. So they ran into a guy. I'm
2: going to ignore that. They ran into a guy from uh, from George who gives Seth a flyer to give to Summer. Apparently Summer is like famous in the George community <laughs> because he was like, I was very upset to learn that Summer is not going to be joining us. Um, George sounds like a cult at this it's point. It's the Jared Leto coat. I don't even fully know what Summer's role is with George. Like They offered her a job, right? And that's all we know is it was some sort of vague job that they offered
0: her. And then she said no. And now she's second guessing, not taking this job. They want her to anyway. speak about the importance of voting to college students, I think. Oh, is
2: that what? It, oh, or yeah, something no, you're like right. That. You are totally right. That is exactly what it was. I remember them saying that. You are correct. Criticism retracted. Taylor calls Ryan. I respect her for making the first move. She's feeling the type of way. And she's like, fuck, it, I'm just going to call him. We're going to talk about it. Um, she's wearing a Bluetooth headset, which was the most 2007 thing I've seen on this show so far, I think. I didn't fully understand this either, I guess, because she lives... I mean, if we were to say where Taylor lives, where would we say that Taylor lives? Does she live in Paris? Does she live in Newport? Does she live with her mom? Does she live at the Coopers? Like, where would you say?
0: She's, uh, she's the, uh, the a very here's a very marissa cooper um type existence i think she type. just you know, she's a okay well that's labo him i feel like she lives i don't think she lives with her mom i mean maybe she might no i take it back she did you know she did shoot her mom and so maybe that as we know in the oc when you together. shoot somebody it fixes their personality i
2: only say that because it's a whole plot point here where she's like well, if you guys all move to Berkeley, I'll never see you again, essentially. And I'm like, why so,
0: why would you never see so the you way,
2: again? This doesn't make the sense the way I read
0: that was because she was going back to school at the Sorbonne in France, and she would be coming back to Newport, where one of why?
2: her why couldn't she go why couldn't she
0: go to Berkeley? Instead well, because of Newport. one of her you know of Just her eight houses you have to,
1: like planet. yeah. I get it no because it's like you know if if you're you know your friends whose parents got divorced in college it's like oh i don't get to go home anymore or if your parents move somewhere while you're in college you're like oh it's not natural for me to just go back and see my friends so it's kind of that same vibe. i
0: gotta be with my mom i gotta drain her gunshot wound every year when i come back so i can't come to i the just
2: feel room. like the options are she's upset because what she's gonna go stay with her mom when she comes to newport she's not been staying with her mom for like three years at this point why start now all in like mm. all she's done is stay with other people what's preventing you from going to stay with the cohen's because that's what you've because, done more than once already
1: then it's staying with your ex though it's not staying with your bestie summer who happens to be close with the Colins, the the cohen's you know the I, mean? I almost said the <laughs> Yeah, keeping up with the colin's well, no, well, <laughs> my next note was Mary Bullet, you big dum dumb.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I know. A hundred percent. My next note is all caps. I completely forgot this. I've seen this ending a billion times. I forgot that Julie, one, was pregnant and two, that the baby is Frank's baby. A little Atwood.
1: How is she just now telling that to Caitlin?
2: Again, a hundred percent. Great question, Chelsea. Don't know the answer because it doesn't make sense. Um, I, my quote, clo- my note just says in all caps, the baby is Frank's. Trey has a brother. <laughs> <laughs> she, and, and this was another one of those very vague, like Taylor saying, like, oh, we just couldn't make it work or whatever. Julie just says, I told Frank it was his baby and he couldn't deal with it. So I went to bullet and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? He couldn't, what what
0: happened? I need to know what happened in these moments that we don't get to see. It, yeah. If, if he walked out and was like, I can't handle that. Then I mean like 125% why, well, then why bullet? even consider taking him back? Yeah.
1: It, it, especially if bullet knows that it's Frank's and he doesn't care. He wants to marry her anyways. Like because that's hundred percent. Those are green flags everywhere. Like, that's
0: what this show is about. It's about, family and about being adopted into a family that if she would have married bullet and had Frank's child, I am convinced that would have been like the perfect kind of full circle type thing mm. for the series.
2: But yeah, another family taking in an Atwood child. Yes. That's that's <laughs> what the show's about. But like,
0: yeah, the, I agree. And the thing that makes me even more mad about this and it's so, so difficult for me to take a step back from Kevin Sorbo and look at Frank Atwood as Frank Atwood not as Kevin Sorbo but I tried to and even looking at him as Frank Atwood I still just don't get it because not only does she screw bullet over like bullet has spent the last like two episodes or no excuse me the last episode doing nothing but nice good things for people like mm-hmm. buying the ha- buying a house randomly flying At the entire wedding there so that Julie didn't have to be without her best friend on her wedding day. Flying Kirsten there on his private jet so she could, you know, be there and potentially get the house that she really truly wants. And after all that, Julie's like, I gotta follow my heart. And on top of everything else, like, Caitlin has made it clear that she prefers bullets, so Julie is going against. No,
2: no, 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 wait, no. We'll get to that okay. because that's another. Listen, I feel like I'm coming off very like angry because I'm so frustrated with these episodes. I I forgot how badly this they botched the the landing on this, but. We'll talk about Kalen and and Frank and Bill in a second. So yeah, Kirsten's going into labor. Uh, we find out it's Frank's baby, not Kirsten's Good news, baby. News, Patrick. We, great point. God, I'm glad that you clarified yeah, just, that. Just just to be clear, I thought it was. I thought that whole thing was weird. That that Sandy's like, I'm just here to like look around my old house, and I was like, you flew here for this? Why? I don't know. I love that there was just a commercial break, and then they come back from commercial, and here's the baby. Sophie Rose Cohen is born. That's now. how birth
0: actually goes. By the way, it's just like a cut to commercial, and the baby's there nothing but was this no problem was this
2: supposed to all happen in the same day like was this the day they went to see the house she had the baby when we come back from commercial and they're there everything's fine with the baby yeah
0: that's i mean i like to think that the the birthing like the 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 pushing phase actually only took eight minutes like the whole all of labor was the eight minutes or however long i don't remember how long commercials are
1: well Anna kirsten is 100% <laughs> age. if you you get pregnant over 35 it's considered a geriatric pregnancy which is um, insulting as hell, but she 100% had geriatric pregnancy and she just delivered in the bathroom.
2: Dylan thinking the commercial breaks are eight minutes was very, has big, uh, it's one banana Michael, what could it cost? $10?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's one
0: banana Michael, what could it
2: cost? $10? Yeah, so hey, Sophie Rose Cohen is now part a part of this world. She's adorable. Congratulations. She's very cute. We're, I'm very pro-Sophie, she's my favorite Cohen it's right now. It's insane that so. she was
0: born as like a two month old too i i love that (laughs) i'll I'll, can i just gotta say one more thing about the birth special shout out to bullet how he describes it well she dropped a child in berkeley he describes birth Mm -hmm. as dropping a child so (laughs) i love that so much
2: caitlin somehow finds frank i don't know how she does she finds him, and she meets up with him. He's wearing a suit for some reason that's never explained. We don't know why he's wearing a suit. Frank explains to Caitlin that he did try to get Julie back, and she said no. Nah. So, again, why are we doing all of this? Also, why this is the did, point where Caitlin basically yeah. says, like, you need to go be with my mom. And I'm like, why?
1: Yeah, was that to illustrate that she was selfless now? Like, I thought she already accepted him, and she always wanted her mom to marry Bullet. So I'm not understanding. But that
3: was all Yeah, about.
2: Like suddenly after this whole half of the season, Caitlin is like, I mean, they had that whole episode where they were battling each other, Ryan and Taylor with Frank and Caitlin with bullet. Caitlin was fighting hard for her mom to marry bullet because she loves the bullet. And now all of a sudden she's like, come on, Frank, you got to marry my mom. After all the shit that you just pulled, after you bailed on her, after you got her pregnant,
0: I, oh my God, I don't know. I was getting and very frustrated. And after meeting
1: all of his awesome sons, what is she thinking?
0: Yeah. God, there's so many of them.
1: Maybe she wanted to hook up with one of them, which is why she was like, oh, maybe my mom shouldn't marry him.
2: <laughs> that makes more sense than anything else that's happened so far in this episode. Step, so yeah, let's step go Step bro energy. Um, Sandy and Seth have a chat on the porch of the Berkeley house. We don't need to talk about it. Nothing important happened there. <laughs> Taylor, it's wedding. It's time for the wedding. Taylor, actually, Taylor's the one that had the crush on the bullets on the bullet sons because she said she couldn't choose but Hanoi. between. Oh yeah, she said she could choose between El Paso and San Antonio. Then she turned her eye to Hanoi. Um, Summer is the de facto maid of honor for the wedding because it doesn't look like Kirsten's going to make it. She's stuck in Berkeley because, like Dylan said, she dropped child. Um, this was the best scene of the entire episode by far. This was the the redeeming moment of this episode. They had a very Cool moment where Summer gives Julie the locket of Marissa. Um, and I wrote she Summer gives Julie the tiniest photo of Marissa that's ever existed. <laughs> she also says <laughs> she also says I know she would have wanted to be here today. And I was kind of like, Yeah, no shit. Like, no, for her, her mom's yeah. her mom's wedding day. Would, Depending yeah, on anyway.
0: the season of the show.
2: I thought the best moment of the whole episode was Julie telling Summer. You're a great girl, and the world deserves to know you. I was like, oh, that's that was so sweet. That was stuff. a big one. Great yeah. stuff.
1: That was, yeah.
2: Why, was why hard couldn't hard. the rest of the episode be half as half that good? Anyway, they find out Kirsten's not coming, and Julie says, "I can't marry you without Kirsten," which I kind of respect. Julie's the only good character this whole episode, I think. Yeah. Uh, Julie's like, "I'm not, I'm not getting married without my best friend," um, <clears throat> because this wedding is, you know, special. It's going to stick, according to her and Caitlin. So, Bullet, I guess, gets the whole wedding party to Berkeley we don't see any of that which I guess we don't need to it was pretty funny actually the way they the way they presented it with uh, Todd and Patrick opening the door and suddenly the whole wedding party's there. Seth and Summer go away t- to have a chat. Uh, Ryan and Taylor go away to have a chat of their own. And theirs turns into way more than a chat. Basically, they have a weird moment where Ryan's like, we should just be friends. And Taylor's being very sarcastic and cute. And I thought it was really funny when she said, Ryan would Mona me. Sounds terrific. That was that was solid. That, no, that, was- that was great. And then all of a sudden, they're just staring at each other. Or they, I'm sorry, they do a handshake. And since they're touching each other. They start staring into each other's eyes, and she rips his shirt off, which was great. We never got any of this type of energy from Ryan when he was with Marissa. Uh, I loved it. Ryan is just Ryan's just a horny dude for Taylor, I think. like That is who he is, and I love it. He's like very mm. into hooking up with Taylor, and they're about to hook up in the bed before Todd walks in calls them you people which I thought was offensive but we'll move on <laughs> Seth is talking to Summer he gives her the George flyer and basically at this point her mind is made up she needs to join George she needs to take that job which I guess she can just take on a moment's notice whenever she wants um, in this world we see Frank he's back in his suit and running he is running running I just, weird my, my note my note literally says word for word Frank runs to interrupt the wedding but lol his MAGA ass is too late <laughs> and then the next note says okay but he called Caitlyn and she answered she answered the phone during her mom's wedding ceremony come on peanut frank's on speakerphone and he tells julie he wants to be with her and he wants to help her raise our son the crowd goes wild wow at this point i feel like we're supposed to think that bullets being a kind of an asshole but i did not at all i was fully team bullet in this moment where he takes the phone and just throws it away yeah. Because Bullet yep. is getting fucked over and over again in the worst ways. Like Big time. he is yeah. done everything right.
1: He stepped up.
2: Yeah. I agree completely. Like Bullet knew, I think we I skipped over the part where Bullet knew that Julie was pregnant with Frank's kid and still decided he wanted to marry her and raise the kid as his own. And like he just can't catch a break. Even though
0: he's literally a billionaire. Money can't buy you everything is what the series is about, I guess.
2: Todd and Patrick for whatever reason, just on a whim, decided. You know what? We'll sell you the house now. I have. Why not?
0: I have a theory. Because I, as I'm listening to you say all this, they basically got bullied out of their house. So <laughs> yeah. you have two kids show up and guilt them uh, with stories about this is my childhood home. Then you have a pregnant woman fly there dangerously. Mm -hmm. And she ends up doing the ultimate marking of territory and has a child in their bedroom. (laughs) And then she really she really alpha them. And then after even after Mm -hmm. all that, an entire wedding party shows up to have a wedding there. And Mm -hmm. while the wedding is going on, two teens are boning, I I guess, in the same bed (laughs) where a woman is just given birth. Uh They got bullied out of this house.
2: No. Their words were that, it, like you know, this is your house. We're just living in it, and we can't fight fate. And I was like, I would be furious. I would be suing the Cohens if I were yes. Todd and Patrick. Not selling my Especially- house to them
1: san francisco price i mean man nowadays i mean that house would be like 10 million dollars
2: no i wrote that like the only way i would agree to sell this house to them is if they were paying like 2022 20, housing market prices and like getting you know a hundred percent over market value then maybe i would consider selling it
1: yeah wait what timeline wise this is a little bit before the housing market collapsed right or was it right at the same time it was
2: right bef- it was before it was right before housing. because okay. this was this was february 07 the housing market collapsed in 08
0: yeah, but then in the show timeline, I th- I I think we're led to believe that this is still 2007 because Summer says I'll see you in 2018 after the New Hampshire primary or whatever she says. So, 2008. Oh, 2008. Sorry. So yeah, it is 2007. This is all going on.
2: Um. So Mazeltov. Kirsten and Sandy are going to move into the Berkeley House. I guess I, yep. I I I quit. Yeah, at this point I was like, whatever. Just tell me what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. Julie still hasn't made up her mind between Bullet and Frank. But then there's like a weird tease where she's like, I, where she basically kind of gives the look that like, she knows what she's going to do, but they don't tell us what it is yet. Next thing we see her is she's with Caitlin. We still don't know who she's going to be with. Caitlin and Julie are talking about how they need like a plan for life. Um, this is another great scene. Like again, Julie was like the heart of this episode, in my opinion. Um, another great scene with Julie and Caitlin, where they basically say like, we're going to figure it out together because we're Cooper's. And, uh, that's where Julie sees summer's undergraduate catalog just laying around on the counter and starts taking a look at it. Sandy and Kirsten are packing up the house. Summer leaves for George. What? Hold on.
0: Oh, quick note about both of those. First of all, Sandy and Kirsten aren't just packing up the house. There is a random five to six second scene in complete silence of them ceremonially handing over the bagel slicer to be packed. Oh, I that, did see that. Yeah, that yeah. is my favorite scene in the episode. Um, also, Summer has my favorite line in the episode where she's talking about you know the re- she gave Ryan flapjacks, one of Pancake's progeny, and um, and she says something about don't get in any cage matches, referring to the rabbit cage. Love that. Love Summer. King George, should have played. George is lucky to have her.
2: So, yeah, we have Summer. She's going to George. She's getting on a bus. She's leaving. And uh, her and Ryan have a good goodbye. Her and Taylor have a good goodbye. Her and Seth have a great goodbye. Her, she has a great goodbye. She tells Seth, like, you're my destiny, Co. And it's a great line. Like, it's a really good moment. And then she, like, turns around to say something else to him. And Seth's just like, just go. And I was like, why? Maybe that was supposed to be funny. But I was like, Seth's a dick. I don't know. I'm looking for reasons to hate Seth still. Ryan tells Taylor, next time we see them, Ryan and Taylor are like on a table and you don't know where they are. Um, Ryan's explaining to Taylor that, you know, he she saved him, I think is his exact words. And then we find out that they're on a train because Taylor is going back to Paris. But because she was put on the terrorist watch list, which actually was a pretty good callback, she can't fly. So she's taking a train to New York. And Ryan decides to stay on the train because he can't leave Taylor. And she says the next stop's in an hour. And he says, well, we can do a lot in an hour. And I'm telling you, Ryan is so horny for Taylor. Yeah. He
1: is. I know. never, ever talked about hooking up with Marissa like this.
2: I know. We're almost to the end, I promise. Um, (laughs) The house is empty. It's our core four. It's Seth, Ryan, uh, Sandy, and Kirsten. The house is empty. Seth is on his way to RISD. So I guess he's catching a cab to go to the airport, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm um they have some fun goodbyes ryan decides he's gonna stay behind and we see here that ryan has another jeep yep double jeep ryan ryan had the jeep that his mom gave him that he wrecked and killed marissa in then he got another jeep that was wrecked in the previous episode when all the stoplights fell on it when seth and summer were in it and now he has a third jeep
0: Right, you can never have too many jeeps.
2: Seth and Ryan have a really cool moment where they where they hug. I thought that was actually very like realistic. The way I mean, Adam Brody did a good job in that scene. I thought. I thought it was weird that their shirts were the exact same color. Like they were the exact same shade of brown, and it was not. It's not like a common color. It's not like something we've seen a lot. It's not just regular brown or whatever. It was like a very weird baby like off brown, and I thought it was weird that both of their shirts were the exact same color. I didn't know if there was something there, if that was coincidental or what. Um, Ryan takes a final walk through the empty house. And I just wrote lots of flashbacks to his bad hair and Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally we get the needle drop. It's Patrick Park. Life is a song. Music moment of the episode. It's a really good song. I thought it was cool that they yeah. bookended the series with Patrick Park in the first episode and now the last episode. That's cool. I think I talked to you guys a while ago about the OC musical that I had seen clips of on YouTube, mm-hmm. and they played this song "Life Is a Song" at the end of that musical, and they just had the different characters reading their like iconic dialogue over the over the song. It was really cool. But the the song signifies yet another jump in time to some vague point in the future it's our flash forward so this is again our lost moment it's our flash forward into the future at some vague point we see that ryan goes to college uh class of 2012 good for him he seems like cold. i feel like he would be a good college student yeah we see summer protesting something and seth i wrote seth collects her newspaper clippings like a serial killer <laughs> sandy has become a law professor Love I mean, we that. don't see seth really in we don't see seth like in school doing anything he's with, in like, his design. riddler apartment <laughs> hey that came out today on hbo max because i watched it because i watched the oc on hbo max and could not escape those ads i'm watching it after this have you seen it yet? no oh, first we, time oh, sorry okay great we'll talk about it later sorry chelsea um i know you don't feel good i'm trying to hurry uh oh, we find no out that sandy is a law professor which is cool which i but it was never like Teased at all.
0: Like, I didn't know Sandy even wanted to be a law professor, but good for him. Every lawyer secretly wants to be a professor. I'm convinced of it. Do you want to be no, a professor? That's
1: such a perfect, I mean, God, what a perfect role for him yeah. to be a professor. I, I love agree. that.
0: No, I agree. Like, like he, is- he,
1: he, he, the joy was seeping out of his pores
2: well just the how we look at him as like the best tv dad like the best guy on the show like of course he should like that's what you want in a professor so i agree that's a great job for him did we understand what was going on with caitlin she was doing she was like answering a math equation and she had a sweatshirt on that said williams and i don't know if that's a college She's, or what yeah I-,
1: I think they implied that she went to college but i don't know if williams is like famous or anything
2: and then to me, the biggest surprise was all of a sudden,
0: Julie is graduating college. And in the crowd wearing Team Julie shirts oh, yeah. is mm-hmm. Frank, Bullet, and Frank's child, Frank Jr. So my notes so are were-
1: are now? That like, was
3: literally my <laughs> note. I
2: said Julie chose both thruple alert. Yeah. Um, and I think that her son- slash Frank's son is
0: deserves Dylan's what was a big break award. Cause that kid was fucking going for yeah, it. That kid, <laughs> oh,
1: he was he, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, he was like, this is my moment to shine. I think also for, for the, for just for the sake of argument, the a, we see Sophie as well a little later, but the age mm-hmm. of Sophie and Frank jr. I feel like really give us an idea that the time jump was probably like five years, six years.
1: Yeah. That's what I was guessing.
0: the 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 later time. That's a great guess. So because there's there are Mm -hmm. two time jumps. There's the first time jump where Ryan's in college, and then there's another time jump within the time jump that begins Mm -hmm. when Seth is getting married.
2: So do we think that the that their wedding happened five years after she left for George? I guess that's probably about right. I guess that's a long time. So it
1: happened five. So the nineteen. Then they were like twenty four. So that's like appropriate enough. After they after they
0: all graduated college. It seems like.
1: A little early for my taste, but I guess if you've known someone for 10 years at that point, whatever. I, say, I,
0: should, yeah. I think that
2: in that scene, Julie's son looked like one of those like wacky arm guys from the car dealerships. <laughs> That's what he reminded me of. <laughs> Seth and Summer have a backyard wedding, which we just referenced. I thought that was a weird twist for them. I feel like they had... Summer definitely has like big wedding venue energy, not backyard wedding. Old Maybe summer, she changed. Yeah. yeah, you know what? You're right.
1: Yeah, but she's an activist now.
2: There was like a lot of randos at the wedding. I didn't know who they were. Taylor and Ryan are there giving each other a look. I don't know if they're still together. I wish they would have. I wish they would have told us like they were together together not just, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't. I'm kind
1: of glad they didn't. I don't know. It okay. just it's it's unlikely that they would all end up together, so I kind of like the idea of them just being together for a season and being hot for each other and then but not necessarily getting married.
2: Well, in a call back to something that I think Chelsea said in a previous episode, the last time something like this happened, I my final final notes say Ryan is a hashtag very professional architect now. Uh, He has some very (laughs) cheesy, very cheesy dialogue walking out of the (laughs) construction site. Yeah, the plans, the plans are good. And he then has a briefcase. is a briefcase. And my final note just says Ryan sees a ghost and he talks to it. Fade to black.
0: <laughs> Dude, I legit. <laughs> so, first of all, I love the idea that that's a ghost. Um, notwithstanding that. Wasn't it, though,
2: what, 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 hang on, but wasn't it a previous episode where Ryan saw a child just like that and we thought it was a ghost of
0: something? What, like ghost uh, of no, we thought it was the something? ghost of him. Yeah,
1: well, he, yeah, it was himself. He kept seeing himself because he was dressed just like him and looked just like him. But this kid yeah. wasn't him. Yeah,
0: this, mm-hmm. this scene I think he was. It got me man. This scene got me. Really? Yeah, the full circle scene oh, got me. Still in tears. Yeah, it was it got me. That that did and uh, seeing Sandy as a as a professor but truly the big full circle moment because you know one of the big questions I kind of toy around with whenever I'm watching these episodes and I think I've mentioned on this podcast is like what is the show ultimately about? Um and I feel like this this really drove it home for me in this last scene was just so perfectly done. And it reminds me almost of like someone sitting down who knows where they want a show to start and then knows what they want the end point to be. And then this show is a perfect example of how you can have a really good start and a really good ending, but that doesn't necessarily mean everything in the middle is going to be all that great. But I just, I love that last shot so much. How
1: well, did they love Kirsten out of the epilogue?
0: She died. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding. She um no, she was there with Sophie.
1: Like in, in I don't a know if that was true of the or wedding. Yeah. But like I mean, I feel like she deserves some kind of a story.
2: No, to what you just said, Dylan. Like do we, let's talk about that. Do we have time? Do we have a little bit more time here because I have some questions and I know I think we took I I took too long to get through this final episode, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about this ending. Let's talk about the series. Um you thought the ending was great, Dylan.
0: I did. I did. I I okay. thought it was great just simply because you know, notwithstanding nostalgia, notwithstanding the issues that I have with it, just looking at what this show really meant, because every single teen soap has to, like, they're all unique. They all have a very specific story that they're trying to tell. And I feel like what the OC is truly about, and I alluded to it earlier in this episode, is it's about it's about family, and it's about adoptive family, and it's about, um, yeah, specifically with the character of Sandy Cohen, and then with his kind of the next character in that line which is Ryan Atwood it's about mm. you know it's about opportunity it's about kindness and it's about not letting your environment define who you are in both cases for Ryan his home life where he came from does not define who he is and much like with Sandy where he lives where he has been spending all this time since getting married that Newport life that's that's not who he is. And it's just kind of about remaining true to who you are, no matter what happens in your life. And I feel like that the entire show explores that idea and in many ways does it very well. Um, I feel like when the show soars, it soars on the wings of that idea. Um, And whenever we kind of get bored with it, it's because it's gone way too far afield. But that... You know, I, I said that I would try and gather my thoughts, but that's really what I what I kind of came up with when it is, what is the OC about? What do I take from it? what What is the legacy of the show? And it's about environment, nature versus nurture.
1: Well, and even, you know, I'm thinking about some of the best moments in the show. And I think about when Ryan is so certain that Oliver is bad. And then it shows Sandy first getting on to him. But then Sandy's like, OK, I trust you. Give me the keys. I'll drive. You know what I mean? Um, just that those moments of Ryan becoming a part of the family, his relationships with um, you know, Sandy and Kirsten and Seth, how he really melted Kirsten, and Kirsten has so many more tender moments with Ryan than she ever did with Seth. Like I think all of that, ultimately, when we think about our favorite parts of the show, comes down to, to it. I I enjoyed those moments better than anything that Ryan and Marissa did together.
2: Well, and I asked Dylan specifically just about the ending because. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how to feel, but I do think that if you gave it a year and then rewatched it, like, because I feel like you have just watched it for the first time. And like I had just watched it for the first time, you know, in 2007, I was like, oh my God, there was just so many things going on. And I think now that I've rewatched it a number of times, including today, obviously, I just get really frustrated at how much I loved season four, but how much the last two episodes just did so many nonsensical things I, that they didn't they, I mean, they made they made everything so complicated for no reason like they didn't need to do half the things that they
0: did i can i can totally see that that happening because i mean there are a lot of different franchises and shows i won't name them because i don't want people to hate me um that that do kind of what the oc did and it's the as soon as you finish it you love it kind of situation because it just, you know, it soared so high in certain ways. But then what happens is you end up thinking back on it. And like you said, when you rewatch it and you realize if the show can soar this high, if it can fly this high, if it has this kind of quality in it, then it gets frustrating that, you know, when you're rewatching it, knowing what happens, that that quality isn't in other aspects. I can definitely see where where you would feel that way. And I could definitely see where I would feel that way. I just kind of... You know, distilling it down to its most basic elements, I love what it accomplished. And I mean, I'll rewatch it. I totally will rewatch it, probably more than once. But again, uh, considering I co-host that OC podcast, it's probably good that I liked it.
1: Well, something else that's special about it is I, this was one of the first shows I can remember me, my sister and my parents sitting down and watching together and really, really loving. This is one of the first box set collections that I ever had. Um, I remember my box set, you know, got passed around with, um, you know, like my whole high school, like everyone who got it for Christmas. Just um, so that was important for us at our age. Um, And it was really, really cool having a show aside from American Idol that your parents could watch and enjoy as well and give you guys kind of things to talk about.
0: I think
2: it's interesting that you brought and we don't, we're not going to talk about Lost, I promise. But I think it's interesting that you brought up Mm -hmm. Lost earlier because after what Dylan just said about watching it this ending the first time and being like oh wow i really like that and then if you go back and rewatch it you might find things to to like poke through but i kind of feel like it's the opposite of lost because i feel like when lost ended everyone was disappointed that it didn't end the exact way they wanted it to but if you go back and you watch it again you're like oh it's actually pretty good in my opinion do you want to do some just kind of maybe rapid fire questions here about the series as a whole let's do it favorite episode of the entire series what's your favorite episode mine i think mine is still season one new year's
0: um the countdown
1: yeah, mine too. The Countdown's my favorite.
0: Season four, Chrismica. Whoa.
1: Wow. Yeah,
3: I, I, I really, really? I
0: really do because I feel, and I'll tell you why, even though I know these for rapid fire, because I feel like this needs explanation. Um, it has season one uh, energy, um, like quality, but it has season four whimsy. And it was very refreshing for me to watch. But since... Since that's kind of cheating, and you know, since I know that this is the new episode, and or this is my first time watching and everything like that, I still think my favorite episode is the Rainy Day Woman. If I'm not counting season four. Oh,
1: I that's like that one. One. Um, um, one. The mall, the mall episode is up there too.
2: <laughs> the mall episode. As much as I don't love the Trey stuff, I did like that risky business episode a lot. So good. Like, I remember really it. Oh that yeah, episode. It was um, really fun. But it, for me, also the Christmas, Christmas uh, season four is also really up there for me. I think. I mean, I know I talked about it. Episode one of this series that I was looking forward to watching it again. I was looking forward to talking about it with you guys. I think that episode is so weird and bizarre, and I fucking love it. And I'm glad that Dylan loves it as well. So good.
1: Um, another one that pops up in my head is the Rooney episode.
2: Yes, that is classic (laughs) OC. Well, that's peak Mm. Luke. That is Luke at his best, and we love Luke. Speaking of Luke, maybe this is maybe that's your answer to this next question: Who is your favorite on the entire series? Who is your favorite character on the OC? For me, it goes back and forth between Sandy, Summer, and Taylor. I know we talk a lot about Luke. I don't know. If he. I don't think he was on the show enough for me to really put him in my top. I. Yeah. Feel like I really do feel like it's Taylor for me.
1: I think I'd go with Summer or Julie.
2: Oh, Julie's Julie's probably the most. Like her stock has gone up the most for me during this rewatch. I don't think I realized how much I fucking love Julie. I think Summer is
0: my favorite. You
1: know, she grows. Yeah. Like her yeah. and her and Summer both grow. That's yeah. That's Sandy true. stays static throughout. Um. Really, and I don't think I noticed until this rewatch that Seth has growth too, just not until the fourth season,
0: yeah. he I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is interesting because like if you would have asked me this question back in two thousand three, two thousand and four, Seth would be, would be my favorite character. And I think that's truly because Seth, like all the girls like Seth and Seth liked the weird stuff that I did. And so I was like, oh, well, then I like Seth. He makes me seem like a more valid person but just like looking at the, her full arc seeing where she came from to where she went summer just like you know chelsea said with julie she grew so much and she grew in a way that made sense yeah what if i what if i said frank
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> i was thinking in one of the episodes that i watched i think it was probably the the earthquake episode that summer does she's the most strikingly different from where she was in season one like i was watching that episode thinking summer's like an adult woman now she's not a drunk Mm. teenager anymore you know
0: she went from i'm gonna play him hot and cold into oh no the planet is getting too hot and then too cold because of global warming so congratulations on that growth summer
2: but it wasn't like just jarring spur of the moment like a lot of the stuff in this show is especially these last two episodes like it really was played out great over four years of summer so yeah i agree. I probably um, know
1: everyone's answer to this but what was your um worst what, what was the storyline you hated most
2: that was my literally my next question least favorite storyline <laughs> i Honestly, think johnny right i think it's johnny yeah i can't i mean it's it's either johnny Bloom.
1: i hated I that i want to say johnny
2: i think i think i top three contenders would be johnny rebecca and then sandy running the newport group right is there
0: something worse um, than that? I think um uh, the rocketeer uh and Kirsten.
1: Yeah, I was going to say Car- Car- Carter and Kirsten, but the reason why we hated Rebecca and Carter is just because they pulled apart our heroes, yeah. you know.
2: But you know, it led to Rebexit. it. So uh Rebexit.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's true.
2: But yeah, All no, I'm great, Okay, outside well, of, outside of those <laughs> th- those big 3 that obviously we hated, what's another one that we just didn't we did not care for?
1: That you we were just weren't vibing with. Yeah, um, I guess this has to do with Johnny, but I thought Sadie was kind of a pointless character.
0: No, yeah, I think that's a different storyline. I, I think that's different enough. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of ones like in season one. You know the uh, the uncorruptible season one that I thought were annoying. Teresa, the Teresa stuff, I feel yeah. like was the Teresa stuff. I feel like was the first time in the show where it seemed like we were getting an unnecessary story. Not unnecessary, like I mean the story it was good, but it was just an unnecessary intrusion. Because this is so stupid, but like with Teresa, we also were pulled back to Chino. And one of the appeals of this show when it first came out was that as an Oklahoma kid, I was watching these lavish California teens doing private school California stuff. I don't want to go to Chino. Okay, here's a here's some weirder ones, some more
2: in-depth ones. Um I'll give you some options for this too i said most forgettable character that played an important role on the show and by an important role i define that as more than one like a two three episode character basically and or maybe more so i i'll give you some options here um most and i was thinking like forgettable not necessarily bad but there's some that i thought about and went oh yeah i forgot that they were on this show rachel from season one. Oh yeah my probably my pick for this would be reed
1: oh yeah reed those yeah
2: wait <laughs> yeah I, exact whole storyline. I don't
0: even remember who reed was
2: reed was the girl that was running the comic book story for a minute
0: oh my gosh you're right
2: <laughs> yeah i
0: thought reed was a dude that well, was so the joke they. that was
2: the point of, that was yeah, the episode they do, yeah. yeah okay yeah so i think reed's probably the answer um i also had the nana dj because like dj was not here that long and he was pretty forgettable um, Casey, Johnny's girlfriend
0: DJ, DJ, DJ? I, I think it's Reed I think that. Reed's my character
2: I had Sadie, I had Dr. Kim I had Haley who they just forgot about Haley who just never was spoken oh, of again She died dude
1: Haley was a great character Haley and Olivia Wilde were both fun little minks They're together the somewhere
2: and then I also had Teresa, but mo- uh, Teresa slash Eddie. Like Eddie was a big part of the Eddie. show for a minute.
0: Ryan's favorite yeah. character who he supports love, 100%. Love that guy.
2: Okay. I'll give you the four, the four options. for this. I feel like there really is only four options for this next question. Who do we think needed to be on the show longer than they were? We can't say Luke. That's the only rule. I think that Luke should be, I think Luke is a valid answer. So if you want to say Luke, say Luke, because I feel like these are all great. Who needed to be on the show longer than they were? Luke, Alex. Caleb or
0: Marissa? Luke. Okay. Well, I mean, my, my, answers, was, my answer is everyone Luke. Everyone
1: else had their... Yeah, they all had their time. But
0: I will say I would have loved... I think you've already said this, Ryan, but I would have loved to see Caleb interact with the bullet and with Frank. Can you imagine Caleb, Caleb and Frank? Caleb,
2: I think that Caleb was my answer, maybe, even more so than Luke. I just feel like Caleb had so many like paths that we never went down, including bullet. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I feel like once Caleb died, Sadie and Kirsten storylines were terrible, right? Like, yeah. they were at their best when they were dealing with Caleb.
0: I, I um, do have a Nana question. Sorry. Did the Nana die canonically? I don't think so. Okay.
1: No. Because she recovered and then she tried to marry that younger guy. I remember that
0: part. She had another. Yeah, she was another. That's the other forgettable <laughs> guy is, <laughs> mm-hmm. what's his name? Well, that was one. Okay. What, what was his Carl? name? Carl? I don't remember. I Carl.
2: Okay. Well, that's my next. that's my next question. We're going to call him Carl. That's my next question is, who was our favorite one-episode character? And I'll give you options. One-episode characters. We have Carl from The Nana. <laughs> uh, Donnie. Go Big Danny. <laughs> Chloe, the waitress. Justice Wes from college. Gabrielle, the hot grandma from <laughs> season one. Justice Wes, Jasper. Gabrielle. Don't forget about Jasper.
1: I, oh, my God. Fucking Jasper. Oh. And
2: I also, I also had Paris Hilton on this list for some oh, reason. Oh,
1: I think... I think it's. i will go with Jasper.
0: I think it's it's either it's either Danny or uh, or whoever I just said, but go big, Danny. Justice West. Justice West was okay. Hold on. I think the only reason I love Justice West is because of some jokes that we made about him. And so, just (laughs) as a specific non-podcast character, I think it's go big, Danny. Just because I'm really interested to know like how Gen Z feels about his character, because what I don't think they realize is one. People like that existed in two thousand three, two thousand four, and two. In many ways, people like that were like admired. I mean, that was basically Dane Cook. Yeah, Dane Cook. That was all of it. Chelsea, do you even remember who Justice
2: West was?
1: Yeah, it was his um, okay. friend. Yeah, yeah, that he like came to meet Ryan, uh, right? Continue at the dinner party. He's from Berkeley.
0: Ooh. He wait.
1: Oh, I'm, am I thinking of a different person? Yeah,
0: I think I maybe you are. I think you're, it almost, It's almost like oh. you're conflating two of them because Justice West he was the
2: guy. He was the guy that was at. He was Ryan's college buddy when Ryan went to Berkeley for that one episode.
1: Oh, I was thinking about. <laughs> it was like the one. It was. You were thinking of the guy they had dinner in the with. the Entire series. Yeah, I know. No, yeah. No, no.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was well. thinking that. Like, I bet people don't even remember West, but like we do because we hey, talked about him too much.
1: What what about um sandy's one friend after jimmy moves spitz yes it's why
2: oh oh <laughs> shit yeah she was recent mm-hmm. she was great i don't know my i don't even know my own answer to this question i was i holly think
1: coming back was fun
2: yeah holly and then jet didn't jess come back for a minute she floated on by
1: yeah yeah, she was in season 2 and she came back for one episode of season Wait, 3. Wait, who
2: was Floater Floater girl was Jess, yeah, right? Yeah, Jess was Floater, floater girl.
1: girl, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and then she came back. She Yeah, yeah, cuz she was she was with Trey. She was with Trey yeah. and then Trey moved to Vegas with her, but then she came back for like one episode when Ryan was, was trying to date up Sadie. It was Sadie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do that's a weird thing that happened on the show. I think Go Big Danny might be my answer. I'm not kidding. I yeah, go Big Danny. That guy made me laugh fun. whenever whenever Sandy said, I'm Sandy. And he said, you should take a shower. <laughs> Come on. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Where was that writing? But also, justice for Gabrielle. She was great. Gabrielle, the hot grandma from early season one. Oh, yeah. What about um, bigger
1: storylines? Because I'm trying to think of what I liked. And like. I think Oliver was a good one. Oliver. I
2: think the Oliver is like peak OC. I think when people talk and think about the OC at its peak, especially people who only kind of maybe casually watched it or only watched it when it was on once. I think that Mm -hmm. they immediately, the thought is the Oliver saga. Yeah. It's not my favorite. I mean, Oliver, I liked a lot. Oliver was so interesting because I think the first time I watched it, I fucking hated him and I just wanted it to be over. But now rewatching it, you're like, oh, he's a great character. He's a design to be hated, and he accomplishes that really well. Mm-hmm. In a way that yeah. Johnny did not. In the way that Johnny made me just want him off my television, period, right? After
0: this episode, that's mm-hmm. how people are gonna feel about our podcast. Ah.
2: That's, that's all that's all I want. Favorite musical moment or song from the series. I think the best for me, I still think I love that I love the countdown when Ryan says I love you to Marissa with that um the Finley Quay song, Dice, but I still think the best musical moment in this series was the season one (laughs) was Keen Cage match. No, the season one finale when the Hallelujah. That was very good.
1: Uh, I loved when Seth and um, Anna were saying goodbye to each other with if you leave in the background. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's what I didn't even That moved me to tears. Oh, wow, I forgot about Anna. We haven't it. even talked about Anna. She was a thing. She mm-hmm.
1: and and then close up there is also something pretty when Seth's on the table It uh it's confessing his love to that summer. A
0: good one. That's that also, a good also good Patrick moment. Park, right? Yeah. I uh yeah. I think I've mentioned mine before. Um but mm-hmm. I mean the, the, Yeah, really. The quick answer for me would be the image and heap one, but that's not really personal to me like this other one is. I think, hands down, my earliest OC memory, like, whenever... Under Earth? I went, no, I mean, that's that's an amazing one, but, like, I cannot get past... I remember, and will always have it seared in my head, the first time I ever heard a lack of color was on the OC and I specifically remember Mm -hmm. I had up until that point for some reason I think it's because I would only do the 30 second preview on iTunes or whatever Mm -hmm. I had only heard the the part with the staccato guitar at the beginning never the strumming part and I specifically remember that the first time I heard that strumming refrain on a lack of color by Death Cab for Cutie was when I was watching the OC and the scene is Sandy walking up to kirsten and they're in the backyard as that part's coming on so that is so quintessentially oc for me that has to be my favorite music moment of the series
1: can i share the uh outfit of the series oh
0: baby Please. is it the shrek Ooh, wait
2: yeah is it versus yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes get out of my But swamp. she was wearing
1: the it was like a newsy cap it, and she had the Shrek vest going on, and it was like, well, really weird, like a shirt that stopped at the elbows. Oh. It was blousey, and that vest. But then she turns around; it gets even better. And there's a big bow. The Newsboy hat had a big green bow on the back.
0: <laughs> God, I love this stupid show so much.
2: I just remember at one point in time after that, she did something. <laughs> She wore something else Shrek adjacent, and we talked about it, and Chelsea referred to her as Shrek chic, and that's been in my head ever since.
1: Well, that was a meta moment, too, because they make a joke about how Marissa loves ugly hats later in the series.
2: No, that Shrek fest really united everyone on the same side. One of the few things that we all agreed on was perfection. What else did I have here? Oh, like just in terms of the podcast in general, uh, my, my favorite stupid joke is Marissa lives outside. I think that's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing.
0: Yeah, that's top. Yeah, I, top podcast jokes. We got Marissa lives outside.
1: Chelsea watches the heavy lifting. Chelsea, Chelsea
0: <laughs> continually watches the heavy lifting. Um, uh oh, everyone. Uh-oh, yeah, uh oh, everyone was the. I think uh oh, everyone was the first one. Um, Man,
2: I goddamn! I was gonna try and remember to start the recap with "Uh oh, everyone!
0: <laughs> the Cohen's house is destroyed." <laughs> the furniture, do you guys. I I was just going back and listening to some old episodes for some reason because I'm a narcissist, and like, I seriously cannot believe the amount of research I had to do for Comic Book Minute and i'm so glad that i didn't do that going forward because guys we all are Dylan. do you know how long it would take me to watch a single episode back when we were covering four episodes i would pause mm. it and spend 30 minutes doing comic book research to make sure that you all had the information so for those of you who appreciated that you're welcome for those of you that didn't why didn't you tell me louder
1: meanwhile i I, uh decided the outfit of the episode uh depending on what you guys thought it should be a lot of the time
0: (laughs) hey hey you know you killed it every time though but i guess that's that that, that's bad because if you're just doing it to make us happy you succeeded
1: well i just there were so many iconic episode uh, uh, outfits but there were i mean there were several episodes where it was all just kind of blah
2: i went back and listened to just the cold opens for like probably i went through like 10 episodes i randomly just chose like 10 episodes and i was like i want to listen to the like the cold open intros that i put at the beginning and i think my favorite one that i don't think it was my favorite one that made me laugh hard when i listened to it again and i don't think we ever really touched on it again though was when dylan was talking about johnny's girlfriend casey <laughs> and you said she's such a vibe it's like eating sashimi and listening to colby calais <laughs>
0: Casey, though, like, you can imagine sitting there eating like sashimi with her listening to Colby Calais. It's like a vibe, dude.
2: What just happened, Dylan? What, what just happened right there? That was an incredible take from you. That was so weird. <laughs> <laughs> Colby Kalei and sashimi? That was so specific.
0: It's... It, it is a vibe, man. It's just so chill. It's like eating Colby Calais and listening to Colby Calais. That could be taken <laughs> a weird way. Um, okay, I actually have a question that kind of is in this same vein, and I'm cheating because I have the list up. I want to talk about, and I, I'm aware how masturbatory this is at this point, listeners, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about the best episode names of the titles. podcast. Yeah, episode titles. Are we allowed to vote for our, our own? <laughs> oh, 100%. Harper's Bazaar harper's bazaar
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and i feel like so in season one we have uh we also have we have mother Teresa, which i and one that was night, me yeah that, yeah, that, was, that was you <laughs> and then one night in paris
1: all my favorite ones were uh ryan that's right panic,
0: thank you yeah. chelsea panic at the yule ball the tate escape <laughs> pitch imperfect okay Rebex Pitch Imperfect
2: it. was funny because that was the, about the comic book pitch right Yes, and then yeah. Rebe- Rebecca. I like it.
1: bad, bad Charlotte. That was one, right? Yes.
0: What, did we name Charlotte episode that? Yeah. Okay. yeah Sad girl Kiki. Okay. I think this is one of Chelsea's. Yeah. Sad girl Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> Tate by the ocean. I think was a Chelsea. Oh yeah. Tate, Tate by, by the ocean, ocean was great. <laughs> Charlotte's Web of Lies. Go Go Gidget. That's the other one. The stupid oh my God.
2: nicknames. No, that was it. I think the hardest I have ever laughed in my favorite, probably my favorite moment of doing this whole podcast was when Dylan thought that cam gigante's name was gidget i fucking lost it Man is 2022.
0: Here we I go. I know
1: Volchek. Well, I think that. He... But
0: not not Cam Gidget, like Volchek. Cam he
1: was. He,
0: it's like a Gremlin. <laughs> it's, I think that's
2: no, his it's name, G- isn't it? G-
1: it's like yeah, French. it's
2: like G. It's like French.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But he oh. was he on like, was like an upward trajectory. His name was because he did the OC, <laughs> then he did Twilight, and then he did Easy yeah. A, and he was kind of like on the up and up. Oh my God! They're all laughing. They don't even listen to me. I'm
2: no, thought my thought is blown Dylan thought his name was Gidget.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Cam Gidget.
2: Yes, it's what is?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's incredible. Oh gosh, it is Gidget, Gidget-, Gidget-
3: Gigante. Gigante.
0: Gigande. That sounds like it's like the it's a Starbucks secret menu. <laughs> <laughs> Cam Gidget. Gidget. I have no idea. Like, I think I said this in an earlier episode that there are some times where I try so hard to like craft the perfect joke and hopes that it would work. And it turns out the one that makes Ryan laugh the most is one where I legitimately thought his name was Gidget. Like I, I legitimately, <laughs> like I would look at it and my brain would just die. And I'd be like, oh, that says Gidget. I totally get it. But we've
2: really turned like Gidget is his name now. Like, anytime I even had to save Volchek, I was like, Wait, who's that?
0: Oh, it's Gidget, yeah, G- Gidget, uh, mm-hmm. cousin. Um, I can't even remember the other ones, <laughs> Doc Ock. It's a good name. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: the Rocketeer, yeah, it I was mean, Tate just, was the original. called, yeah, Tate Tate Donovan yeah, Tate, was the original yeah. one. Um, Chekhov's son, Chekhov's um, son is funny. Um, the assassin, uh, let's mm-hmm. see, the assassination of Mercy Cooper by the coward Kevin Volchuk. You know what? I'm, I feel like. We have some funny ones coming up, do we? I don't even remember what we're naming some of these because if you all are listening to this, we've only released one episode so far. <laughs> mm-hmm. But God, no, this was really fun. I'm so glad that I forced myself into this relationship, um, <laughs> like all good relationships. Into our thruple. Yeah, into the throuple. Well, wow, wait, wait, Luke, I am your father. That's a
2: great episode title. <laughs> that yeah, was, that's a good one. That one was pretty fun festival of fights
0: that was so good we Ugh. were trying to come up with like a really specific chrismica related one and ryan just pops out of nowhere and goes do we well, just call it festival of fights do Ro-
2: rooney tunes <laughs> rooney tunes is pretty fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that was another ryan drake
1: let's talk about seth baby yeah. that, that was, was good
2: uh, these are pretty great we put um, a lot of we so- really crafted these yeah
1: yeah, we curated them. So whenever we started this podcast, it was um, height of the pandemic. Um, obviously, we're all pretty isolated and um, all three of us are pretty social people. Um, it was it was a really, really fun thing that we got to look forward to and hang out with some friends and kind of blow off steam and have a fun hobby. Also, the three of us kind of went through some big like uh, social changes, just, you know, changing friend groups um Brian got into a serious relationship. Uh, me and Dylan became a dad. I'm cooking a baby. Like it was kind of just, um, you know, some big moments of your mid 30s kind of happened for all three of us throughout the course of this, uh, podcast. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. It's like we all three lost our virginity during (laughs) the pendency (laughs) of this podcast. That's insane to me
2: because of the podcast. Because it's true.
0: (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Leslie, uh, Leslie, um, Started listening to the podcast. She goes, It's like those, it's like that trend on TikTok was like, Hey, let's have a baby. After listening <laughs> to Luke, I am your father. She's like, Hey, you could be one of those. Um, no, but it's, it is really trippy to think about. And the one thing, I don't know if you all feel this way, but Chelsea hit the nail on the head as very social people. Uh, isolation is not fun for social people. And so, in, in many ways, I looked at this as a sort of, kind of a a respite from from that isolation and and from just i don't know from a mental health perspective having this to look forward to um because it was the perfect one-two punch it was talking with friends about something that i love and also it was just that injection of nostalgia that as millennials we love and we're sometimes mocked for but for me this was very very therapeutic And, um, you know, we joke around a lot. We give each other a lot of crap, but I mean, but if, if, if you all can't tell, like I love Chelsea, I love Ryan, I love these people. And I'm so glad that we did this. And I hope in some small way that you all kind of got a little bit of a respite from that isolation. And thank you so much for being a part of this, because as I've joked around many times without you all, we'd just be screaming into the void and, um, just the feedback that we've gotten, uh, from everybody. And it's, it's just, it's really nice because today more than ever, you know, when we're so connected on social media and we're so connected on our phones, it's so easy to feel disconnected. And the feeling that I get doing this show and the feeling that I get listening to how you all enjoy the show. It it brings me that connection that I that I hadn't felt since two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, when the show was airing, and I would go to school and I would talk to my friends about what's going on in the OC. And so we wouldn't be here without you all. So thank you all just so much. You have made this an absolute joy.
1: And the fact that we have a full, uh, you know, complete series. Yeah, we completed. Uh, it. There's so many. I mean, there's so many, um, you know, watch through uh, podcasts that they either start on season four and, you know, th- till the end, or they start and then they stop about midway through season two.
2: No, that's why. I was like, we have to mm-hmm. like. I'm a completionist. Like, we have to finish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I listened. There really was an cool. old, there was an old OC podcast that I used to listen to like five years ago that I was pretty into, and then they just quit doing it after like season one. And I was like, oh, okay, well that sucks. And I was like, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that for the yeah. seven people that listen to Keeping Up with the Coens. <laughs> we kept it up for you. Yeah, I mean, we did. We kept it up, and mm-hmm. you kept up with us. And I was just going to say hey, that
1: one of them is one of them is uh, Melinda Clark, though. So yeah,
2: Melinda. She counts as two people. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pandemic, and we'll I'm sure we'll look back. This is not a, a thing about the pandemic, but like I think we'll look back like 10 to 15 years from now and realize how much of an effect that really had on a lot of people, ourselves included. Like I'm still catching up with people now. Like literally just last week I saw my friend Ferris, who I had not seen since before the pandemic, and I just realized how kind of different he is in just in the way that like you can tell that. Two years of isolation has that effect on people, right? Mm-hmm. So this was definitely a really great outlet for that. And like you said, like we all went through changes. Our a lot of things in our lives have changed, but this was like a constant. This was like an anchor um, that we got to do, and it was surprisingly fun, despite the fact that Dylan was here for it. <laughs> hey.
0: As long as it's still fun. Thank you guys for doing the show with me. Of yeah. course, dude.
1: Thank thank you. Um, I mean, Brian, you carried the team. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> no, that's we, what I was searching for. I just want to say, can, you know, we've already said, you guys have said congratulations to me um, for 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 my sweet baby. And um, I think at this point in the pregnancy timeline, a congratulations is, you know, maybe an order for future Chelsea. Um, yeah, how far and away also, are you? far away
1: well there is a um i know i i I get to announce it so the last day that i will have them is um july 11th but there's about a month's period where they can come and it'll be healthy and safe so um you know any (laughs) it's the crazy thing about having twins so now that i am starting to get really uncomfortable um i am kind of like okay may- maybe 35 weeks wouldn't be the worst um but my <sighs> husband's like you baby stay in there um so it is kind of lucky the babies measure are measuring pretty big right now but that's a blessing because you know if they do come early hopefully they won't have to be in the NICU so who knows by the time this airs um they might be I was here just gonna already. say like
2: we yeah. are recording this in mid-April we just released episode one of season four so we're recording this in mid-April mm-hmm. I feel like you know seven weeks from now might be right around the time Chelsea's popping some kids
0: out yeah so congratulations Last, future kids. chelsea
1: June. <laughs> congratulations and then also
0: <laughs> ryan Kiss. after all of the editing and all of the hard work you put into this congratulations to you too you've done it you're done with everything it's out everyone we're good this was a fun show
2: we don't and we don't need to say email us or follow us on instagram because yeah. we're never going to look at that shit ever again don't
0: don't do anything everyone go and 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 that person who you haven't talked to since high school that you miss give them a call shoot them a message on facebook say hey i was watching the oc Reminded me of high school how are you doing would you like to buy any of this rodent in fields
2: <laughs> you know what i'm gonna do though it's <laughs> since we don't get to play hey, hon. since we don't get to play the uh, pod drop here i'm gonna first of all i'm gonna play it anyway secondly i'm just gonna play all of the drops that we ever had i'm just gonna put them all in a row right here at the very end of the episode
1: Hey, hey, hey. You nuclear. Bad music.
2: <laughs> Ojito. <laughs> Gay bomb, baby. Oh. Shibby. Uh.
3: Georgia.
1: Tropicana. What a nice name. Is he Cuban?
2: Nah. So, with that said, we're done. We've made it through this entire series. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you, Dylan. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. And if you guys don't have anything else left to say, I think that's it.
0: That's it. That's all she See wrote. You guys, Bye.
3: Thank you.